0: On this episode of the Telerotor RC Podcast, Mike is back, and he starts off deep. So each rising
1: edge is going to be 3.3
0: milliseconds apart
1: on a 300 hertz servo, approximately. I really feel like beating me up over repeating decibels tonight.
0: And then Shaggy and I, and even Monty, well, we're just trying to follow along.
2: It's nerdery. It's fun. Whatever.
0: Nerdery. <laughs> nerdery. Nerd. Nerder, nerder. nerd
2: Nerd. <laughs> nerd.
0: <laughs> and then we have tool time with Mike and Monty.
2: Yeah, but it's two or three hundred dollars. You got to know how to use it. Yeah, there's that part. Yeah. <laughs> otherwise, it's a three hundred dollar paperweight. You
0: need to. You have someone to show you the ropes. And if you've been waiting for an update on our FBL project, well, we've got an update for you today.
2: Um, FBL project news. Yeah <laughs> So yeah. Uh, We do have a different Flevros controller on the Protos Hello welcome to Leroader RC, this is episode 37 PWM, what? This is Robert Monty, and with me I have Rich Sowers
0: Hey guys, what's up?
2: Michael Shaggy Parker
3: You're still going with Rich, what the hell? Somebody goes Oh,
1: damn, okay. Hi, and, and Mike DiPaolo. Squiggly lines make helicopter go burr. <laughs> or burr. <boring>. He's back.
2: <laughs> he keeps saying burr. I think he's cold. Did you get the heat turned on? I
1: don't need those. I just started burning meals stuff.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: First up, insulation. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, uh, I'd like to say, hey, man, happy 2021.
0: 2021. Yeah. Yeah.
3: It's just like 2020, but with a one at the end. Or, or as I'll just keep saying, uh, 2020.
0: <laughs> That's what I was going to say, extended 2020, because it sure as hell started off that way.
2: Uh, I don't or know.
0: Version 2.0. Oh. Yeah,
2: yeah. Or, hey, just another month where I spend yelling at my kids. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, I don't know, man. They just closed uh, Austin's daycare for 14 days because the kid was exposed and walked in the door. Uh,
2: Yeah, my kids went on winter break for Christmas. And uh, during Christmas break, the county basically said, yeah, we're not bringing the kids back to school.
0: Yeah, they did the same thing here.
2: We were doing hybrid. And then – and then they said they would reevaluate it. I think around January 11th or 12th or something. And they said, "Yeah, we're keep we're, we're going to stay in, in full uh, remote until the end of the month."
0: Yeah, they did that here. They were going to go back on a hybrid schedule the end of January, and um, they came back and said, "No, we're not doing it till May now." Wow. I said, "Okay, why bother?" They go to the Til end. Inter- of No, May? I'm sorry, March till March. Oh, until okay. March, but they they get out of school in May, so it's like what's going to say.
2: Yeah, the point. So, well, since I'm talking already, I'm gonna go with uh, what have I done since the last episode? Get your shit done dun, and over dun, with.
0: Dun, uh, dun, 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 dun. This is two episodes in a row you've gone first.
2: Uh, let me put. Does on, it really matter? Let, let me put on my sad face.
0: <laughs> well, let us put on our sad faces. Go ahead. <laughs>
2: Um, you know, I didn't, I think I got, uh, I got some flying in, in December, uh, before we got to Christmas, but basically the weekend or so before Christmas, I I stopped, I, I didn't do any flying. Um, I didn't fly anywhere, any, any after right after new year's, I think I just flew the last first time weekend before last, this is the 18th of the January. So, um, yeah, it's a little bit of it's weather, a little bit of it's getting stuff done, spending time with family. Um, but uh, what else I find out? Yeah, I think you were with me yesterday, Shaggy. Uh, <laughs> I found out my four-year-old OptiPower uh, stick oh, is yes. uh,
3: too old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It was – I mean, just, just doing like positive climbs, it was sagging to 38 volts.
2: Oh, wow. oh yeah, no, and that I, wasn't that I,
3: wasn't a, that wasn't pitch pumping. That was just like a steady collective climb.
2: Yeah, yeah. Because I I uh, I took off in my my lower head speed mode, and took the helicopter out to set up for you know um, schedule F of F three C, and the moment I popped it into nineteen hundred RPM. Uh, my radio, my transmitter telemetry is like, low voltage. I was like, okay. <laughs> Came back, took a look at it, said, you know, I probably should have done some more warming up before I you know, popped it up there. And uh, I landed it, took off again, popped up 1900 RPM, but didn't complain. But it did a stall turn, and it was sagging hard. Uh, well, that was battery
0: like, was complaining when it was warm outside, so.
2: Yeah. It didn't complain when I flew it last in December. Mm. But to be honest. Some of my last flying in December was on my newest pack, and I didn't charge up all three. So, mm. um, no. So that battery's going to hit the bench, and I got some friends who probably want it. i will divide it up, and they'll it'll deal with it'll it'll help their heli dreams. <laughs> <laughs> uh, past that, it's just been uh, playing musical chairs with the Protos, which we'll talk about in a bit.
4: Okay.
2: what else is there not much heli stuff got myself a new uh, insulated mug it says Urcha on it it's got my name on it oh, that's it's really cool. large got some Urcha stickers too mm. so, good thing to say is uh, yeah the whole board we've been meeting every two weeks still so
0: that's cool good. anything yeah. cool for Christmas RC related uh,
2: boot socks
0: yeah, <laughs> keep your toes warm. I guess.
2: Yeah. No. Uh, to be honest, Christmas time is usually not um, RC present time for myself, as uh, that is all year long.
0: Yeah, I know. I'm the same way. I'm
2: yeah, the same way. So, uh, yeah. No, it's was not. Um, was not. Yeah. yeah. Got some more boot socks. Oh, I resold. I got some. I got some boots resold. I found a cobbler in the area got uh got some old boots resold. Yeah. So put them back into the service. Heeha. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to old man I shit. Just, I was just
0: I was like, dude, I'm a lot older than you and I don't get my shoes resold, just saying.
2: Well, okay. Um <laughs> So, you know, hey, you know, I do wear boots out on the flying field when it's raining or cold because, well, it's raining and cold and tennis shoes suck. <laughs> and, you know, when I was in the Marine Corps, I I bought expensive boots. Mm-hmm. Um, expensive boots in the Marine Corps, a lot of stuff's made by Belleville. And I think they're anywhere from like 240 to like $280 a pair. Oh, wow. So getting a new sole put on them is $75.
0: Yeah, still more information than I needed there, but. You
4: know,
2: so on. yeah, I did a I did a cost analysis because one <laughs> set I bought in 2002 and the other no both sets both sets are 2002.
0: Yeah, that's that's good wear a pair of boots. Yeah. So. All right. Yeah. Cool.
2: Whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Old man shit. Old man. If you look shit. at if you look at not helicopter
0: your boot- shit.
2: Well, huh? I mean, I, I mostly wear the boots because of helicopters.
0: All right. I'll go with that. that. That, There's the link.
2: Oh, yeah. My glow sticks finally came back in stock on Amazon, so I got a whole bunch more. Oh, that's cool. And I'm borrowing a transmitter, um, uh, a, a cold transmitter case for putting mm. your hands into for flying from mm-hmm. uh, Lamont. And, and I like it. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. Mm ace extreme i gotta go look them up i want to buy one of my own huh
0: does it have a warmer in it or just like a glove
2: Uh, ah no it's just a gigantic bag with a plastic with with a see-through face and a and a strap to put around your neck Mm. and and has it got cuffed hands it's not cuffed hands but it is velcro so it could adjust a bit to you Mm -hmm. but it's not cuffed and it has a zipper of course to get the transmitter in right um i enjoyed flying with it shaggy didn't you fly with it two weeks ago
3: Yep, I did. Yeah, I liked it. Uh, I have I have a transmitter glove as well from Hobby King and I had to do some modification to it, but um the difference is mine has the like fleece liner in it. So this one does not, but this one's a lot easier to like use. And it doesn't require modifications.
2: Yeah, this one it has some fleece inside of it. It's not Yeah, it's got a fleece inside of it and it's 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 got a waterproof outside.
3: Yeah, it's not like it, what, what am I talking about? I'm talking about the like the fur type You know, fleece where it's like really like it kind of rests around your arms, so it keeps your Mm, your, yeah, yeah. No,
2: it's that's what a cuff is, yeah.
3: Oh, looking for the cuff around your yeah. uh The mine is definitely warmer, but that one I it's baggier, and actually that's good because then this it it doesn't like constrain constrains you um closer to your radio. You know, it's not like hitting on top of your hands or. You know, affecting your stick movements.
2: Huh. I just looked at mm. it. It's not all that bad. It's $82.95 made here in the USA. Hmm. I'm probably going to have to order one. It looks like I got two colors. Oh, three colors. Oh, four. Ooh. Five. Six. They've got green, red, dark blue, blue.
0: No pink. Uh, a, pink's your a, color, a, man.
2: A color, green. Um well here comes more editing man I love the pink <laughs>
0: Yeah so pink ones you can get the silver
3: match your, hey, you can get it the match you can get it to match your new Kraken raw
0: yeah. yeah Hey I actually like the pink uh yeah I'm, yeah
3: <laughs> Yeah You Can't, said it hey I'm not cutting that don't out Don't cut man. it
0: out I actually like the pink on the raw I think what little <laughs> bit I like, you know I only showed the canopy <laughs> part but
2: to be honest, yeah. one of the guys here locally, um, he flies F3A airplanes. He uh-huh. he specifically pink. does a pink theme on his airplanes, and it it's oh, yeah, it's just really pink visible. is one of the best colors it, they say
0: to yeah. put on a trainer for it a visual, is very visible, yeah, for visual. Uh, and you know, um, what's his face? He used to do the circus, circus stuff, he used to do his airplanes in pink. I missed my traffic cone,
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yeah i i miss i miss the paint job of my e5 with the orange and the and the green um yeah mm-hmm. i think most of you guys most of you guys noticed that i actually have pink vinyl on the underside of the nose of my diablo
0: yeah yeah i put, I put bright orange under the nose of my uh 550 the xl mm-hmm. damn that's visual i mean even on a cloudy day you can see it i wonder if the pink mm-hmm. is just as visual I'll have to try it. You done?
2: You guys done yet? Rock, paper, scissors, Spock for who wants to go next.
0: <laughs> Shaggy, just go, man.
3: All right. Unfortunately, it's going to be long as I, anyway. Uh, oh, we'll,
0: we'll, we'll reel you in. Go. Because uh, I'm already seeing half of this shit. It didn't matter anyway.
3: Yeah. No, it doesn't. So, uh,
0: thank you, Rich. You're welcome. Just telling you. We love you, Shay. So,
3: basically, I flew two weeks back-to-back, which never happens uh, at the the field that I have not updated my membership, so I need to do that, too. Um, It's been cold and windy both times, and, uh, yeah, did some testing on the Protos, which we'll talk about later, and then just been flying the Logo quite a bit. Uh, This last weekend, this past last weekend, I flew my E7. My logo and the fireball. Once again, um, I did get another set of Revo Blades. So I had to, I had to fly those on the E7 uh, with caution <laughs> this time. And, you know, honestly, I'm kind of scared to fly it with those blades. It's just I don't want to go too fast now. <laughs> but um, I don't want to boom strike it again. Uh, once again, I mentioned I got my testing done on the Protos with our first gyro that we're testing. Um, uh, another thing that I have been doing is I've been working on my nitros and trying to get those things all set up. My NX4, my TRX 600 nitro, and I'm getting there. On my 600 nitro, I decided to swap out the B X version 2 that was on it and put in a CGY 750. Um... Hmm. Currently, I'm still holding Monty's CGY760 hostage until a ransom has been paid. (laughs) Ransom's working all out wrong because you
2: owe me money and you got my stuff hostage. (laughs) (laughs) You about to have a SWAT team. I
3: also have a wood stove that's close by.
0: Oh, sounds like some
2: intervention, <laughs> <laughs> and that will, that will, and that will cost you double.
4: Oh,
2: <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> Don't make I'm me get my buddy run. Cliff to come over and represent me. <laughs>
3: I, I ain't scared of Cliff.
2: You kidding me? Look how old he is and how bald he is. He He's f- crazy, man. <laughs> He's from <laughs> out there in them West Virginia areas. he's he's from them southern Virginia areas
0: he's got kids
2: man he's crazy
0: and he knows what to do with a fire hose (laughs) just saying
3: (laughs) oh man okay also uh, I also got out my um, very first helicopter the Blade 300X and started wiring it up with new electronics and a uh, brain in there I also converted to 6S so we'll see if that thing can survive a flight uh, was about to get tested out and fly and fly this past Sunday, but when I was uh, getting the throttle uh, or, or you know, like set the endpoints in the throttle and it was spooled it up, it was making this really bad vibration. And I was like, what the hell? Like this thing is vibrating, it's like it's shaking off the table. So I stopped it I flipped it around like just to see if my gear mesh was too tight. And it's a brand new pinion that I put on this motor because it converted to 6S. so I had to get a new pinion for it to get the gearing right. And I'm, I, I flipped it around, and a piece of the pinion just drops off.
1: <laughs> I was
3: like, "What the fudge? It's a brand new freaking pinion." I keep telling it's you to buy shit from Alibaba. And the brass pinion breaks, and not the, not and it doesn't strip a tooth off the, uh, the plastic gear. I was like, "Well, great. Now I got to order another freaking pinion." Um, other than that, been uh, still working on my full scale. Uh, about getting ready to solo. Oh, that's more or less cool. More I should be able, to, I should be able to solo now. Uh, hopefully by next month
0: wow that's awesome man um
3: getting excited yeah so we'll see and um last thing is on wednesday nights i've been hanging out at this place called black horse forge which is a um basically it's a blade slash blacksmithing group uh free to use and everything i've been hanging out there on wednesday nights mm-hmm. and just learning new stuff t- uh testing out the uh the uh, amazing tools there, you know, the press, the power hammers. Oh, that stuff's amazing. Mm. So, just been doing more, more blacksmithing stuff. And, um, last thing is, uh, oh, yeah. Shut up, Kylie. So, did you find this uh-huh. black horse
2: group on Grindr?
3: <laughs> no, I actually did the fire extinguisher inspection. <laughs>
1: <God damn. laughs> oh, this is Um, uh,
3: so, Diablo, or Diablo, you want to go next? Or Diablo. Okay.
0: <laughs> There's no difference. <laughs> Mr. Diabolo, will you please step up to the mic?
1: Stuff that's <laughs> happened. I don't know. It's pretty straightforward. I fly by Crackout on a farm field. Actually, let me look at the show notes. I don't even remember what I wrote. Something, something, Crackout on a farm field. Something, something. Robert asked me about PWM. Oh, yeah. Apparently all the kids like to watch the air show now, or something like that. Apparently kids like to watch what? Me flying around like an asshole.
2: Yeah. I feel sorry for those kids.
1: It's like, kids want to see a TikTok two feet from my face? I'm dead inside. I need to wake up this morning. I'm kidding. Or am I? You decide. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Microglow goes to production. uh, EMI tests are passed. That's cool. Uh, I flew a Frodos. It was heavy. Didn't like it. Um, new products being worked on motodick stuff and Yamaha continues to give me the blue weenie because they're assholes and that's pretty much everything I've been doing still looking for a house that's mm. fun
2: yeah cause you're the crack shack off the side I'll of tell the yeah, highway hell yeah buddy come by
1: and get your crank <laughs> <laughs> you wait know, you think all the truckers take 17 it's not good it's a shortcut
2: <laughs> are you saying no, I can really get honest. my are you
1: saying I can get my crank stroked oh well, I mean I'm not gonna be doing a stroking <laughs> <laughs> there might be some needles involved <laughs> what do you want man I got blow I got, I got <laughs> cocaine I got a crank I got psilocybin I got shrooms you want some acid I got those too I bought some e-bombs <laughs> and in about one month I'm gonna have a call from the DEA <laughs> 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 oh I'm uh, going to
2: hell. Yeah. Uh whose turn is it? Rich's?
0: Is it mine? My turn? I'm last this time. Could happen.
2: You're first, you're last. It's it's you know,
0: uh it's the way of the way of my life, you know? Anyway <laughs> God damn. Um so what have I been up to? Hey, well, it was kind of funny. I think well, I don't remember when the last time I recorded was, but I I had been doing quite a bit of flying. And um, Christmas week, my goal I had a week I was supposed to have the week off, and I would planned fifty flights. I'm like I'm going to get fifty flights in, and I ended up getting eight. Um, well, you got st- some. Yeah, work stepped in and weather stepped in. Because I tell you what, ever since Christmas weekend or that weekend right after Christmas. It got damn cold and nasty here. Um mm. Christmas weekend was just nasty and New Year's weekend was just nasty. I had planned Hell, I just got my New Year's flights in last weekend. Um Yeah. Just cuz of the weather and stuff. I just haven't in work. I just haven't been able to get it done. And I was teasing myself cuz I was like on Sunday um I was or no, I was New Year's Day, I think it was it was raining off and on. I was like, man, I'm going to go out in the cul-de-sac and, you know, just throw my one or the uh, Oxy-2 up for a few minutes a second flew on New Year's Day. Because I've flown on New Year's Day for the last, you know, for the last four or five years every, you know, make sure I got at least one flight in. And uh, it didn't happen this year. but um,
2: Yeah, I've, I've always flown on New Year's Day as well, but I was kind of thinking about it. It's like I'm really just taking time away from my family and it doesn't matter that much.
0: Yeah, well. <laughs> I wasn't too worried about that as much as I was you know, I mean the weather just wasn't cooperating, it didn't matter. And then, uh and on the same thing for that weekend. It's just been you know, off and on cold and rainy here and um you know, not that I couldn't get some flights in, but just work has has gotten nuts. I mean it's just really gotten nuts, which is good a good thing, not a bad thing. Um so I'm not complaining and uh you know, um, got out last weekend and flew, I can't remember how many flights, probably, I don't know, eight or nine, 10 flights. But I got out with Pudu last weekend. Finally, he had gone to Texas for Christmas and new years. And, um, you know, he's been so busy since he got his promotion that, uh, you know, we haven't been able to fly. And so last weekend we got out and flew Sunday and had a really good time. Maybe the last time I get to fly with him, he, uh, He's getting transferred out. He's he's uh, going to Germany for three years, so he's PCSing out, yeah. and um, he's going to be gone for a month on some training or something. So, and that starts in a week or two. He's not going to be. He's not going to make the uh, uh, chill out either. Um, he's going to be gone during that week. So, um, hmm. yeah, he's he's going to be gone pretty soon. Um, Chad texted me. Um, I think it was over Christmas and, uh, asked me what class I was going to be flying this next year. And I told him sportsman and he said, so was he. So guess what's on? I know at least one guy that I'm going to drag his ass out there.
2: Dude, congratulations.
0: So yeah, Chad and I are going to, and Chad, this has publicly been announced, dude. We're on, (laughs) we're on, you can't bow out. Um, so Chad's gonna fly sportsman and um so I got somebody to to compete I mean, against, at least one you person.
2: You mean you can't pull a Scott Graham? Uh,
0: I'm not going there. <laughs> but I tell you what, he shows up when there's not a competition, so good he chance uh, he'll be there with us and I'm excited to have to to get to uh play with him. ha ha. ha. Shut up. I knew where you were going as soon as I said it. We're all good. Come on, man. Why are you saying those we're things? We're all good. We're all good.
4: <laughs>
0: we're all, I knew where your head went. It's, I knew it Never mind. Why are uh, you saying these things? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we were talking about what we got for Christmas, though. My wife did get me a uh, Raspberry pie and some LEDs and stuff. So, um little Tell list I made up for. How does
2: Raspberry taste?
0: Uh, uh, like Pie.
2: That's good. Good homemade. But a little meadowy
0: taste, metally taste. You know, oh, okay. has that um, you know soldered underwater smell. You know <laughs> that thing. Um, no, nah, but it's pretty cool because you know it was we were working on that night my nightbird, and um, so I've got started playing with a with using the Raspberry Pi to control some lights using some uh, Christmas tree controlling software. Uh, you know, software they use to control Christmas tree lights. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, we'll see, see how that goes, but, uh, got me a damn breadboard and all that crap, started putting it together and playing with it. Um, <laughs> it's kind of cool, man. It's actually kind of cool. Uh, but what else have I been messing with? I don't think too much more. Uh, didn't get to fly this weekend just cause of the weather. I had planned to get out today, but it was fricking windy as shit and cold.
2: Yeah. Saturday, um, uh, Saturday, Mike and I were at the field and then it, um, uh, it was rainy and then it was sunny, and then it was snowing. Oh, jeez. Welcome to Virginia,
1: <laughs> and not not yeah. just regular snowing, aggressive snowing. Oh, really? It was.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: yeah, it was funny.
2: I drove I drove around in the county today, uh, and I actually found places where there's still snow on the ground and the in the uh, shadows and the yeah, in the shade. Mm. So,
0: need to move farther south
2: yeah uh you know i went down and visited jacksonville uh ask after you about that. yeah yeah uh no i got told if you bring a heli you might as well not even come with us so oh. I, I didn't bring a <laughs> helicopter <laughs> um i hung out with family most of the time
0: oh well, that's cool though that's yeah cool.
2: yeah but the weather wasn't all that great for flying i, I, I could have gone out and flown but yeah i wasn't like oh yeah this is way better than virginia no yeah, no
0: was, but that week was particularly not good that week after Christmas and that weekend, yeah. Anyway. Um, I think that's it, man. Um, Chad, it's on, dude. I'm telling you. if You're listening to this. And anybody else that wants to join in, but.
2: Dates are already up for uh, Helicopter Nationals for this yep, year. I got to get yeah. Yep.
0: It's going to happen. I'm going this year. Chad, you're going to be there, too. Well, I'll say another. it. Uh,
2: where's 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 the thing? Uh, it's the first week of August. Use a computer again.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Show notes. heli calendar. Click there. Click that. Clickety clack. Um, yeah, because uh, Helicopter Nationals in Muncie, Indiana, it will be August first through fourth.
0: Yeah, that first week.
2: Yep. And the jamboree will follow right thereafter. Yeah.
0: Yep. This is the year, dudes.
2: It'll be a good year because uh, a lot of the you know a lot of the guys are going to be in. Um, so of course the U.S. team will be going. Uh, hopefully, if it doesn't get canceled or changed or something, they'll be headed overseas to do Worlds, mm-hmm. and then. You know, so that usually means it's a more laid back nationals.
0: Right. When are they, when do they leave? Do you know?
2: Uh, nationals or worlds, no, worlds usually happens right at the end of July. Uh, mm. Yeah. usually right at the end of July. Um, in years past, Nick has actually made it back and uh, come to the Jamboree. Huh? So well, yeah, cool. usually end of July is when it happens. I'd have to go look. Um, I haven't been keeping up to date with what's going on with those guys. Or what's going on with Worlds? Cause um, yeah, Worlds is in an odd area this year with COVID. Yeah, yeah, and international travel.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, you saw they put off what is it, 3D uh, Masters or whatever it was. They've I heard. Yeah. yeah, they put it off. At least put off announcing when it's going to happen.
2: Yeah. No, I wonder if we won't be uh, waiting for our shot records before we're allowed to travel or something like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. But yeah. whatever. Let's see what happens. Yeah. The plan is to go for me this year, so I just didn't want to be the only one there and show up. So
2: don't worry. If you are, we'll antagonize you ruthlessly and tell you.
0: No, nah, I won't be. Chad's going to be there. He's already. <laughs> he, he he said he. He's going to be there.
2: I need to come up with dates for uh, Mid-Atlantic. Yes, you do. I'm thinking about doing it in Virginia.
0: That's all right. Wherever you're going to do it, do it.
2: Yeah. So, well, I've helped talk too much in this section.
0: Yeah, (laughs) since it was my section.
2: I think we're conversing more than me talking (laughs) over top of you.
0: (laughs) Good shit. I was done anyway, I think, cause, uh, Yeah, you're absolutely okay. no help with a raspberry pie. And,
2: uh, <sighs> Sounds like a tasty pie, dude. I'm going to have to find one. Tell you what. Yeah.
0: And then, uh, man, spent the afternoon messing with – anyway, never mind. Let's go.
2: Yeah, because I got two extra canopies. One's yellow and one's black for my Diablo, and, uh, you know, maybe one of those canopies could be used for a light – Uh, You know, LEDs for a canopy, and I can do an LED nightbird again. Yeah, there you go. Yeah.
0: There you go. I don't know know that I want the lights changing when I'm flying, so this is an experiment. Um, Mm.
2: It would be... Yeah, uh, that's another conversation. I'll have to think about it some.
0: Yeah, I just... I don't know. I'm going to play with it and see.
2: Yeah, cause I, I you know I definitely know there's colors that blow everything out, and then there's such a thing as too bright, and um yeah, there's I I, I had a scheme on my E Thunder Tiger E700, you know, way back when mm-hmm. that I liked, but uh you
0: know no yeah I've been experimenting with that too, and I know like with red I can see really well, blue I could hardly see at all, really yeah, pink looked red to me, um
4: okay it's
0: I don't know I just it's a purpley pink is what it is, but mm. yeah, it looked more red at a distance. Um, I was playing with some different voltages to try to get a feel for the brightness of the color, especially with blue. I thought blue would be more obvious to me, but, um, I, and I maybe just need to play with the voltage on it too. You know, that's funny. I'm just playing with it. Um,
2: yeah, because I want to say I was running my stuff on 3S. S. But I don't remember
0: see 3s looked too bright to yeah me. I,
2: I think I was right yeah it, it was bright which means I had to limit the amount of LED
4: uh-huh.
2: and there were some colors that I would I would have to do very little of
0: like yeah. I, I did
2: a I did a, a a wrap around the boom in red and then I did a tail fin in like it must have been a 10 a total of like eight or ten LEDs on both sides of the tail fin. Um, and it it wasn't you know it, it was good for orientation. I could tell you know fore and aft on the helicopter. Did the canopy and green, landing gear was in a um, amber. It mm-hmm. wasn't yellow, and it wasn't it wasn't an LED white. Hmm. And what am I forgetting? No, that's it. Basically, lit up lit up blades, lit up night, a lit up tail and, and main blades.
0: Yeah, cause see, I haven't lit in the boom, lit the boom or the skids up yet. I've been putting you know light sticks on those. Um,
2: uh, the thing I liked about wrapping the um, LEDs around the boom instead of running strips down the boom is because the viewing angle of, of SMDs is low. Mm-hmm. Is by having the wrap, it, it didn't matter the orientation of the helicopter. I'd pretty much always see some red LEDs for the boom.
0: Right, right,
2: because because of viewing angles of the of the LEDs.
0: Yeah, Chad had his wrapped also, and, I, and that's what I noticed. Is you could see it really well. Yep. With the, yeah, because guys will run
2: strips down the boom, and it becomes. Like, there's, there's times when you're, like, uh, rolling a model where it can be very low. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, but. they're playing with it. Plus, these are all programmable, so I can do what I want to do. Well, I mean, if you're, yeah.
2: if you're looking for things to wrap lights on, I like can go into RC Heli News and event coverage. The Goblin Raw's got plenty of parts to wrap <laughs> lights around.
0: Oh. All right. So, are we in RC Heli News and event coverage?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And there are no events, so that makes that part easy. But yeah,
2: uh, we haven't got anything. We're, we're planning to go to chill out. Um, yeah, they got their stuff on the calendar. I yeah, they it do. Today.
0: It's the end of February.
2: Uh, well, I like dates. Dates are dates are cool. Dates are cool. Chill out, February 19 through 21. Yep.
0: It's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it.
2: R C H O. Yes, yes, it will uh, be. Which means I need to go tell work so they can tell me I. And get put on a ROM again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, Goblin Raw, what do you think?
2: Kyle. Ah, dude, I'm digging it.
0: I am too. I am thinking hard. I'm not going to do it in this first round, but I'm thinking hard about it. I want to. I want to see some guys put that thing in, but um, it won't take long.
3: Uh, I'm sure Scott will get it in within next week or so.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm, that's what I'm waiting on. <laughs> I wasn't going to mention anybody, but yeah. I'm counting on Scott here for surely.
2: Everything except for the skeletal. Oh, it's not even skeletal. The the canopy on it. I mean, it's still pretty much the same airframe.
0: Yeah, it is. I, I don't. I don't think there's going to be. I'm curious how much that boom is going to be. Um, mm, I it's doubt it's going to what.
3: Keep going. I've heard rumors, and don't quote me. Don't quote me on it. But I've been hearing twenty bucks, but
0: I don't know. Oh, 20 bucks would be great. Actually. What,
3: I, what I do
2: know in, in talking with Steve is that boom is going to be 35 millimeters in diameter,
3: which yeah, that's is That's why I'm curious it's, what it's, the cost was. It's bigger than the, the Diablo. Diablo.
0: Yeah, five millimeters bigger.
3: If you look at the picture of Scott holding the boom up next to his head, you can definitely tell that boom is bigger.
0: Yeah, but there's no boom yeah. supports, which is freaking awesome. So. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's the
3: reason why it's 35 millimeters. (laughs) Yeah,
0: but you know, I'm doing, I mean, I, I, when I first saw it, I was like, you know, I kind of like it. And, uh, so I don't know. I'm not doing the first batch, but I'll, I'm gonna, I'm liking it and I'm probably gonna end up with one. Um,
2: Um, yeah, if if I had, if I had more budget, I'd probably like to run one.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, it was interesting hearing the guys on, um, on BK Heli podcast they were talking about some different motor combos on making mm-hmm. something lighter and yeah it'd be interesting to do like a, a clebrey with a uh 4025
0: or 4525
2: well yeah with the Pyro 700 motor which ah. is basically a a 40 a 4025 4030 motor um, what kind of weight you could get that model down to
0: well what i'm understanding it's not not they were saying it's not particularly light but it's not um, much lighter than the than a um, than a uh, kraken.
2: They were saying that, but they were also saying, and and they gave off the specs and the equipment they're running in it. They've got you know forty five thirty motors in theirs.
0: Right, right.
2: And a forty five thirty is not a lightweight motor. <laughs> no,
0: it's not. And they're and they're running, you know, hobby wing two hundreds, which are not speed controllers, and
2: yeah. Uh, um, yeah there's lighter stuff
0: <laughs> yeah i'll be curious i i am i'm really curious about that model um it's the first one that's come out in a long time that's really floated my boat um so we'll see yeah
2: to me but, to me i think it's it's going after that niche of pilot who uh you know enjoy the e five super stretch you know mm-hmm. a, a seven hundred class helicopter that could be built light and um it's just fun, just fun yeah,
0: yeah i we will um, see what happens. I'm excited about it, though. I think it's cool. You know, it sounds like there's going to be a bunch of them out there, so.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've already seen videos pop up on them.
0: Yeah, and lots of guys have got pre-orders in, from what I understand. So, lots of our our friends have pre-orders, so. Yeah. Uh, You know, Steve's getting one. Andy's getting one. Um, We'll see.
3: Yeah, and Andy will take three years to build it because he's got three other helis to build.
0: I don't think so. I think he's going to be more on the wagon on this one. Challenge is out, Andy. <laughs> chill out. He's
2: he's a farmer. He, <laughs> he don't he don't take too uh
0: But he's not uh, working. <laughs> what he's saying. But see, he's not working right now. Too hard. So he should be able to get that thing done before chill out. If it come out before chill seems out,
2: seems to be avoiding building things pretty well. Yeah, we'll
0: see. Yeah. So the Goblin Genesis out for pre-order. What do you think about that?
3: I want one. <sighs> Monty's going to say some crap about it, but I want one.
2: I'm upset that the the, the tail rudder push rods outside the fuselage.
1: I agree
3: with you on that, Monty. I mean, it does kind of do a disservice to what it's... It's a good looking helicopter. Why'd you fucking do that? <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I, I do agree with you on that. I, it, you know, it's the purpose of a fuselage model is to have everything inside. Yeah. So, I totally I totally agree with you on that. I mean, that's kind of a uh, – I feel like they rushed that part.
2: I, I, it's not going to be the reason I don't own one. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they did mention something and I'm staring at it in the picture. I, I It'll be interesting to hear when I can finally talk to some guys about it who are more in the know why they did a tapered main shaft on it because I'm betting they – Yeah, I've they, heard about that. I bet
4: betting- – Go ahead.
2: I'm betting that they also have the head block uh, m- milled the same way, which would probably help with any teeter that the head block tries to do on the main shaft.
0: Well, they would have to, but I'm curious, have you, anything you've ever, have you ever done anything with, oh, gears or shafts that have to be, they're on tapered shafts, they're always pressed on? Like, the thing
2: is, I'm staring at the picture and how they do it, and it's uh-huh. not tapered across the entire length of the shaft. It is, Just tapered it is at what, the I'm, top. what I'm betting is the last, uh, you know, one centimeter of of shaft at the top from the picture.
0: Oh, I haven't looked at it that close.
2: Uh, no, the, the picture's off of uh, Bert's website. Um, add to that, it looks like the um, Jesus bolt, the slot in the main shaft for the Jesus bolt, instead of a hole, it looks like would be a slot. So, it looks like the taper is is meant to give a, a better fitting on the head block to stop any teeter that may show up there.
0: Well, oh, that would make sense that it's purpose. but...
2: Yeah, it's one hmm. of the things I enjoyed, like, uh, Thunder Tiger's design on their head blocks is they ran two Jesus bolts. Uh-huh. So, that would, that would stop the teeter that could happen on a head block. Hmm. Whereas, when you went to uh, others, like... Um, A lot of others uh, use a pinching style. Right. And so you got the two bolts that the pinch, but one of the things like I, I, Ben years ago gave me grief over it because a lot of us just tighten one, then tighten the other and call it good. Mm-hmm. Whereas Ben is very clear that like you use your torque wrench and you tighten one down to a specified torque then tighten the other one down to that same torque, then increase the torque and tighten the opposite one then tighten them. So you keep, you keep tightening them until you reach your end torque value. So that they're both equally pinching on the shaft.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> they pinched the shaft.
2: Uh, you know, I'm betting it. I'm betting it at Nats this year. Being there's a lot of guys sponsored by SAB, flying. Mm-hmm. You know, the uh, okay, I'll see. We'll we'll all see a fair amount of. Yeah, I think so I'm anxious.
0: I'm anxious to see it. Yeah, I, I think it's a gorgeous helicopter. So, you know, I, I like the shape of the fuse and stuff. I think it's really. I really like it, but
2: the thing I, I the thing that, that 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 gets me I think the thing that's more interesting to me that piques my curiosity is how the raw and the genesis are using similar parts to the same as like the Kraken 580 because they went with the helical gear right because um, I was I was wondering how they were going to reduce vibrations because vibrations are a fuselage's enemy. And mm-hmm. vibration in an F three C model will um will not go well with your clientele.
0: <laughs> right, right. No, I'm I'm interested. That's I'm not sixteen hundred dollars interested, I don't think, but mm. I don't know, we'll see. It's not that really I don't think it's that bad a price.
2: That and swinging seven forty sevens. That's uh
0: that's kind of sexy actually. I
2: yeah. Guess. Yeah. Um bigger blades depending upon the weight ought to feel pretty good for the auto
0: mm-hmm. and for hovering
3: i am curious on what the overall flying weight would be
2: well there's there's a maximum weight
3: <laughs> yeah there is i mean you know we we've we had a discussion back on sunday about it being a um, fiberglass or carbon uh fuselage they don't say
2: anything in the tech specs
0: it wouldn't surprise me if the booms carbon in the, in the canopy part is fiberglass.
2: Fat fiberglass. That's what I think it is, but they on, could I don't know. Do, they could do that. They very well could do that.
0: All of their other booms are carbon, right? Except for what the the fireball and stuff. There's a fiberglass. but um,
2: The interesting thing is looking at some of the, the pictures is, um, I don't know.
0: I don't, I don't know. know. We'll know. More
2: details soon, I guess I go poking around in the other forums who might be giving this a little more noise, but uh, what did I want to do? I wanted to use my computer.,
0: mm-hmm. I don't anyway, I think it's pretty cool, man. I think it's you know basing it off the gear train and stuff off the raw, and I think I don't I think it's a sexy helicopter now yeah. we know why they wouldn't show the insides of it, but
2: yeah, yeah, um. Mm-hmm. Wait, 6.5 kilos.
0: What is that in Um, English?
2: Yeah, getting there. Uh, 6.5 kg pounds. 14.33 pounds. Oh. Yeah, it can't be heavier than 14.33 pounds. That's actually kind of heavy. Well i'll tell you this it's, much it's the only the limit the only place i see models weighed is at worlds yeah if
0: i think you'd well, have I, I think you'd get a chance if you somebody challenged it they would probably or something but no
2: they they weigh models at worlds it's oh, not no even like do. it's oh. not even like someone challenges they weigh them
0: oh no that makes sense so i'm talking about as an art you know at nats or something
2: at nats um the the interesting thing is I would say a peer pressure and wanting to be like others gets to the pilots. Mm-hmm. And at some point, like, it's not, you know, we've, we've had guys show up with 14S and say, yeah, go compete, man. Because 14S isn't going to give the guys who show up to do sportsman any advantage. Right. That, that they're going to be able to use to beat the competition. Um. You know, we've had guys show up with heavy models and be like... It's not going to help you beat anybody else. <laughs> Shit, I could
0: show up with a proto and still have a pound and a half to go.
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> you just saying.
2: <laughs> all all that to say that it's yeah. Um,
0: well, anyway, that's uh, I'm excited to see this model. I think it's pretty cool. I think um, uh, Goblin's yeah. got two neat models coming out, and uh, they keep yeah, doing their thing, you know.
2: In the last, I would say roughly three years, I think we've seen three new F three C models: SAB Quest and oh Quest Pro, oh, drone, Pro drone, and um, then um, the Merrick. The
0: yeah, Merrick, oh four yeah, four of them.
2: Yeah, yeah. There's been like four new F three C models, and I would say at least the last three to four years.
4: Yeah.
2: So that's um. That's cool. I'm glad to see companies doing this stuff.
0: Yeah, I am, too. I think this is really... I think it's awesome. I did like the way that Bert said, yeah, don't 3D it or you're going to boom strike it.
2: (laughs) Just saying. Uh, I don't know if it'll actually boom strike. I don't know either.
0: (laughs) um, There is
2: such a thing as too much collective plus all the cyclic equals boom strike, but...
0: Plus, you got a big old fat boom back there, so...
2: Well, I... Hell, ask Shaggy. He's Boom Strike two helicopters. Yeah, and
0: that's a skinny ass boom, and there's something else going on there. I think. Anyway.
2: Yeah. Um, we've had friends Boom Strike more expensive things just because high collective plus high cyclic numbers equals boom.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, All's good, man. I didn't want to even go there, so. Yeah. I'm excited nope. for it. I'm excited for the uh, for the raw. Anyone else and... got
2: any RC Heli news? Yeah. Uh. Okay, Yep, I'm good um, Listener questions and feedback We have had no questions or feedback on Podbean or Apple um, hmm. Javi Air has started emailing us
0: Well, there was the procrastin. Procrast- yeah, that came true, <laughs> huh?
2: Prognostication,
0: <laughs> Prognostication. No, I, was, I was happy <laughs> to hear from him um,
2: We've been talking heli news or, you know Heli, you know, inside kind of heli stuff, just what people are doing, things going on, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, but uh, no, Javier's emailing. Good to hear from him. Uh, mm-hmm. we're always open emails, like hearing from folks. Um, FBL project news.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. uh,
2: we do have a different Flybrose controller on the Protos. Mm-hmm. Um, all three of us have flown it. All three of us have down our notes. And I mm-hmm. am interested in doing one more change. So, one more battery, which I'm looking to do on Wednesday. And um that will be that for the test of this controller.
0: Okay. So... We said that the first episode was for the uh, for testing was gonna be January. Does that mean we get it in February?
2: Yeah. You sure? I'm hoping so. I mean the, the, the one <laughs> setting is pretty easy for me to test. It really comes down uh, to I'm just like, teasing you
0: guys. I know up, I know there's been the stuff field. up against it, but
2: No, I yeah. I uh, I would feel bad in my uh, evaluation of this controller not to test one more setting because I'm going to hold this against the controller if it's if if this if this setting doesn't help mm-hmm. so
0: okay well no that's all good news that's good so next month will be the first flybarless episode mm-hmm. yep that'll be awesome
2: yep Um.
0: I know there's some guys really looking forward to it I'm looking forward to it so
2: yeah, it's been interesting. We've tried not to bias each other's comparisons, mm-hmm. but uh, there are there there are definitely some things we all in, in discussion. We're all kind of,
3: I would say, um, surprised about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's just let's just say that the results that we have is the whole purpose for this test. Yeah. It, it's you're not we're you're not going to get the same results from each of us. We are 100 percent different from the other. <laughs> we, we have a whole 180 degree turn from each other. Well,
0: that was the reason for having the three different styles, right? So mm-hmm. that's good. I'm um, interested sure what you guys are coming up with.
3: And to be honest, I am surprised of how how something feels really comfortable for me does not feel comfortable for the other guys. Monty, I can understand, but for Mike, that surprised me.
4: Mm.
2: Yeah, I I uh, I've handed Shaggy my helicopters many times and let him fly them, and he flies them. You know, he flies them. He enjoys them. Um, It doesn't seem he holds back. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know, it's it's interesting to see when left to the own devices, because I actually haven't flown too many of Shaggy's helicopters
4: on Uh, on his settings. Yeah, not many.
2: Yeah, Yeah, not many um so it's 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 interesting to see yeah just how you know how different we are and where we like our helicopter to be I was, i'll
0: be curious the changes you guys make between them and stuff because i know with the one you're working on now i'm pretty familiar with so yeah I mean, we'll see
2: so yeah we should uh, I'll, I'll, I'll probably look to do it this wednesday That's speaking, cool. speaking of which i've got to go look at my email really quick because i'm wondering if i can fly wednesday Because I remember seeing a NOTAM from from AMA. Oh. Something about inauguration.
0: (sighs) Man, are you going to be in D.C. on Wednesday? No. Good for you.
2: Yeah, we're outside the SFRA. So, yeah, I can fly. Cool. So, main topics. Main topic.
0: Main topic. So I'm curious about this one.
2: So PWM. Oh, you started without me. What'd you say, Shaggy? Nothing. PWM. Uh, So first thing I have is why did it even bother to bring this up? Um, Many times, and usually ESC conversations bring this up. People get very curious about the numbers that an ESC needs to see to initialize or um, give a a throttle that they want for a head speed or a signal needs to see to do a uh, auto rotation bailout of the motor. And all the numbers in your transmitter don't make much sense uh, to what's really going on out there. Uh so that was one reason I wanted to bring this up um mm-hmm. the other thing is 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 once you start understanding this when you start looking at many things in, in movement in the helicopters, once you see what's going on in the background it's it becomes um once you understand what's going on in the deeper technical part, the other parts start to make sense so that's the biggest okay. reason why I wanted to bring it up that is a technical topic we like doing technical things yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah. go um, um what's that
0: oh nothing go ahead i'm sorry
2: you say go and then you say um what do you got i got nothing okay i'm old we uh e- e- esc's esc's are an area commonly comes up uh, servos use pwm as well um another thing i wanted to get to into is how transmitters convert pwm into numbers that are friendly for us humans um Especially for the Planker's IX-12,
3: which is always trying to murder him.
1: First mistake, <laughs> you bought an IX-12.
3: <laughs> and then you put it in a pot filled with gasoline and lit it on fire. Which you should be doing with it. That's that's not a mistake. That there's just good times.
2: Um, so, uh, I don't have much structure from here, but I think uh, as we talk about it, I think one of the first things I wanted to say is... Um, You know, our servos don't Our servos, when you want to move a servo From like far left to far right They don't consider it a 0 to 100 They do it in a time scale
1: um, Correct, Mike? Well, I guess the first thing is You're going to have to split this into domains, right? Because the servo doesn't talk to your radio Correct So you, it'd be a lot like Pretending that your Ethernet cable Goes all the way to your processor It doesn't <laughs> True. So, so we have to split this up if we're going to talk about it. So the first one being, what the hell is your radio doing? Well, to do a lot of hand waving and smoke and mirrors, we're going to speed this along. And the first thing that's going on, and we can get into the detail if you want, but the simple version is there's a microcontroller in your radio. It's looking at what your sticks are doing, and it's coding that into a digital value somewhere. I'm pretty sure, unless you're 90 and you really like having a fishing pole, that no one's using a completely analog RC radio anymore. So everything's going to be... Hmm?
2: The only only analog guys I know are control line.
1: Yeah, (laughs) your fingers, yeah. (laughs) Um, So no one's going to be using analog stuff, so it's all going to be digitized. So then somewhere in your radio is a digital value of where your stick is. So from there, your radio has an RF module in it, and they're all pretty much digital nowadays. So what's going to happen in that is the RF module is going to packetize things and send it over the air. It's probably going to be an SDR, software-defined radio of some kind. And that's going to get to your receiver. The receiver is going to demodulate the signal and pull the, the byte or digital information out, probably two bytes anyway. But point being, now that digital value is in your receiver. And this is where the paths can diverge when it talks to your servos. So now, if it's going to your gyro, and it's over a single wire, which is pretty much everybody, unless you're a, a V-Bar snob, or you have one of those Spectrum Beast X things, means that... Or Futaba. Or Futaba, yeah. <laughs> V-Bar snob by another name. <laughs> um, so I'll it's, take it. So what happens there is, even internally inside the little box... Um, the radio RF module is going to be sending stuff to the micro digitally, you know, probably a serial bus, I2C or spy or something like that. It, you know, <laughs> take your pick dealer's choice. they all work the same. And what happens from there is how are you talking to your servos? Is your receiver talking directly to your servos or is your fly wireless? You know, either way, what happens is if you're doing the, the one wire to servo and they aren't serial bus servos, like, um, like S plus two or something where you can daisy chain them. That's where you get to PWM. So your, your, your signals taken several hops and skips and maybe a, a moonshot across the field, but now it's finally coming out of your receiver to the servo and on a, your typical three wire connector that's, you know, power, ground and signal. So signal in this case is pulse width modulation. And the thing is, rc servo pwm isn't really standard pwm and i'll explain that in that an rc signal a you know, pwm in general it's a digital signal technically um meaning it's either zero or one the data is conveyed however by how long the signal is high or on meaning if you look at an oscilloscope trace you know what the signal is doing over time when you you draw the signal on paper In the x-axis is time. What's going to happen is it's going to be, usually, if it's not inverted, it'll be zero or, you know, zero volts or whatever, low. It could be one volt. And then when you want to send the data, the signal goes high. So you're going to have the rising edge is what it's usually called. And to the typical human eyeball, it's a cliff. It's straight up. It's not really in practice. And if you want to get real crazy, we can talk about how that square is actually not square. It's actually a bunch of sine waves all stacked up, but we won't get that stupid. Um and then a timer starts, essentially. You know, a- anything looking at that line, a servo does this, or a microcontroller and something else does this, it sees that rising edge, and it starts a clock. And that clock is clocking how long that this rising edge has been turned on for. And when it falls, the falling edge goes back to zero. Uh, your typical analog servo, even digital ones, or a microcontroller, stops the timer and looks at how long has that signal been turned on. And that's the data. So, Analog servo will have some circuitry. Digital servo will have maybe a little bit of code or something else. Or a microcontroller will have something. But in every case, that on time is turned into the value that your radio sent all the way ago. So in the case of a servo, you could have a sweep range that is 0 to 180, right? And Mm -hmm. let's say you deflected your stick all the way on the radio way back when. And for brevity's sake, we'll say um, that your radio does negative 100, zero a center, and a positive 100. So, you sent 100. So, maybe in the radio, that's uh, like a byte value of, I don't know, like 4096 or something like that. That gets stuffed into the radio, uh, the, the SDR module. It gets sent across the airwaves. That 4096 byte value, you know, bit value, whatever. It gets decoded in the microcontroller of your receiver or your fly system, whatever. If it's fly some magic's going to happen with the control system, but eventually you get to the PDM, and for your typical servo, I'm talking cyclic servo, so we're going to have to, as Monty knows, this is another one of those things where it's kind of hard to just blatantly say something flat because there's 8 million scenarios where it's wrong then, but so we're going to pinpoint this It's your standard cyclic servo, you know, 15-20 center pulse microseconds, and you just send it, I want full right or full 90 degree sweep to the right, whatever. And what that's going to look like is going to be a pulse that turns on and stays on for about two milliseconds or, you know, 1,900 microseconds. It really depends on the servo. Sometimes they're all a little bit different. But what you're going to see is a signal that looks like a box that turns on, turns off, and then, however fast you're driving that servo, you're going to see another box, and then it turns off. And that that how many times those boxes are happening per second is your servo driving frequency. So I know this is a little bit long winded, but then back when I said, you remember how servos don't really use standard PWM? Well, that's because real pulse width modulation. And kind of hesitating to say real because it's not really a standard. But if you look and say um, a motor driver or um, a power inverter or something like that. When you say pulse width modulation to an engineer or something, he thinks zero is a flat line and 100% is high, you know, 100% power. You know, so if it's like a 0 to 5 volt signal, 0 PWM e flat line, it's off. 100% PWM, e it's turned completely on. There's no chopping going on. And 50% would be 50% on, 50% off. Well, what servos do is Generally, that those boxes I was talking about, the rising edge is what's clocked off of. So, if it's a 300 hertz signal, right, there's going to be a frequency 3.3 milliseconds between each one of those boxes. So, each rising edge is going to be 3.3 milliseconds apart on a 300 hertz servo. Approximately, if you really feel like beating me up over repeating decibels tonight. And that's not really standard PWM because what happens now on the servo is you're going to have these huge gaps because if you remember your typical servo usually does like a, a one to two millisecond long high pulse and that's its complete range. You know, the pulse turns on, it can either be one millisecond long and if it's fully, you know, all the way the other side of the range, it's two milliseconds on it. it still, it looks like a little rectangle on, a, on an oscilloscope. But they're all three milliseconds apart, on uh, a 300 hertz servo. So if you're looking at that, it's going to be little rectangles. But they're all really kind of far apart. Definitely nowhere near this zero to 100 percent on or off range. You know, even 50 percent servo throw, which is usually 1,500 microseconds, they're still really far apart. You've got all this empty space. So if you look at that on a scope and I talked to Manny about this. So I'm going to have to get some pictures together off the oscilloscope to show folks, but it's, it doesn't really look like hundred percent normal PWM. You've got all these rectangles and they're spread apart. And then when you throw the servo back and forth, it's the length of these rectangles that is changing. The time that they're on is what's changing. And technically that's PWM. You are changing the width of a pulse to get, to make the data go across But it's not your standard symmetrical PWM that you usually see when you're talking like power systems or motor drive or anything like that. Hmm. But uh, yeah, it's little rectangles that talk to your servos. At the end of the day, if you've got a standard three-wire servo that's not doing serial bus stuff, that is the magic squiggle line that makes your servos talk. And the the only sucky part about this whole thing is this is – I was able to – Explain this to Robert in like 30 seconds with a marker board. Trying to do it by voice is a little tricky.
2: Yeah, uh, the picture will definitely help. <laughs> yeah, I can explain um, this in
1: 30 seconds with a little picture.
2: Yeah, the picture will definitely help. Um, you know, so that's, that's you know, PWM as you explain it for, you know, just some you know standard servos as you get to it. Um, how does changing the time between like um, a 1520 servo and a 760 tail
1: servo, oh, boy. how does that look? Here we go. This is the fun part where I'm going to piss some people off. Because <laughs> as usual with engineering bullshit, it's all the little contextual details that, you know, there's some wives' tail stuff hiding in this. we got to be careful about. All right. So, again, this is where a picture would be really, really useful. But so, why is a 760 microsecond servo unanimously known as a better tail servo? And I'm going to bring it up that Plot Twist makes a better cyclic servo too. Yeah. Thanks, (laughs) Thomas at MKS for uh, sliding me some prototypes under the table, and I would not stop nagging MKS to send me some. And they finally did, which gave me a um a very unique perspective to be able to say well besides futaba boys is that i have a servo that is completely identical in every way except that i can flip a button on it you know code anyway that makes it a 1520 or a 760 center pole servo and everything else is identical so we don't get this whole game of well you know 1520 servos were from like 5 years ago and this new one is 760 and it's it's kind of like the story of where the guy buys a brand new car that has a different feature on it. But because of the fact that it's 10 years newer, it's better, not because of some perceived stink oil.
0: Right. So, what do you mean by center pulse? All
1: right. So, center that's, pulse.
0: That's thrown around. We all say it. Yeah. What right. does it so really mean? So, let's clarify mean?
1: this. So you Remember those boxes I was talking about? Mm-hmm. You remember how you said 1,500 to 1,520 microsecond a couple times? Mm-hmm. Well, that is generally the center of that PWM range, that box. You know, one thousand five hundred and twenty microseconds in a one to two millisecond rectangle range. So center pulse being if you send a servo, your, your typical servo, some are fifteen hundred, some are fifteen twenty and split in areas. If you send them a a pulse a non pulse of one point five milliseconds in length at whatever frequency they can handle, generally that means they'll be centered. So, that center center pulse, you know, it's kind of a misnomer, but you know, uh, a 1520 pulse or 1500 pulse is going to mean that centers the servo. If it's a one to two millisecond servo. Well.
3: Oh, I think I'm, I think I'm following you now. So, yeah. basically, it's, it's the frequency. It's the center. It's the middle of the range. To, to a, uh, I get it. I yeah. get it now. Right. So, basically, when you change the frequency, that changes the position of the servo. No,
1: we're not changing any frequency. It, it is a – the boxes are showing up at – for for simplicity's sake, let's just say a hundred hertz servo right you mean that frequency a hundred hertz servo. Maybe that
3: frequency sorry not frequency the
1: pulse length duration pulse right. duration duty cycle is another name
0: right so you could be your servos at a hundred yep, but your pulse width is at you know fourteen twenty or whatever
1: so that'd be slightly below or whatever direction the servo operates in, they'd be slightly off of center then
0: right so. That's why when we change that, we see the servo jump, right? So, like, yeah. if you've got your servo powered up and you switch it from, you know, 1420 to whatever.
1: 1700.
0: It, you know, it would move 1700 to 1700 whatever. You see it move. It'll move.
1: Yeah. When that falling yes. ed, most servos, when that falling edge comes down, that's when it clocks the data in because now it is timed the whole pulse. And it whatever circuitry inside the servo it translates that to a position and then it moves. Right. And then there's a PID loop internally that, you know, that's where you're centering performance and all that comes from.
2: So I know in in play, in using the CGY and setting it up, um, you know, specifically like when you're doing collective. Um, it'll ask to see a low, mid, and a high. And so yes. when you go to Never low, you'll that. see it output eleven, you know, eleven hundred, which low. is mm-hmm. which is one point yeah. one millisecond. When you go to mid, it's you know zero 1.5 millisecond. And when you go to high, it's one point nine four zero.
1: Usually like one nine, yeah. Most of us, yeah, one
2: point nine four zero, which is one point nine millisecond, and that's sweeping the entire range on the yes. collective. Um,
1: that's so everyone's kind of clear on what we're talking here with a 1500 servo right you know, like one one right. to two millisecond range just gives you the the full range of movement of a servo
2: well and, and let me add this Mike um, you know a lot of times when we're changing the center of a servo what we're really telling the servos instead of using you know 1520 as the center we're telling it to use 1500 or well, you're not telling
1: right. the servo 1480 it's it still thinks center is 1500. Unless you went inside the servo like one you can reprogram like a Futaba or a JR, 1500 is always the center. All you're Agreed. doing, Agreed, yeah, right? All you're doing is you're telling your receiver that when I've centered the sticks, use yeah, whatever value whatever arbitrary value
0: you picked. Right, so if you're slightly off, so if your horn, just to put this in real world, you're setting up your cyclics, your horn is slightly off, so you s- use the center pulse to set that. At least you're doing the brain, right? Yeah, a good place to look um, at
1: that is go into the brain advanced menu, go right. on your servos and setup, and look at what the values are there, and you'll see the actual microsecond values that the brain is spitting out to the servos.
0: Right, right.
1: Yeah. You've, people probably be like, oh, yeah, I've seen numbers that look like 1,700, and I don't know what the hell that means.
0: Well, that's what it means. Yeah.
3: Now, okay, let me let me let me ask you this, Mike. So, okay, 1520, fifteen twenty, fifteen hundred 1500, uh, pulse width servo. Yeah, you go in the brain. Let's say in the brain, right there. You change that to like a different value, not insanely much, but like let's say it's fifteen twenty. You set it to fifteen thirty. You can you have a fluctuation with the servo, right? It's going to change. The yeah, position it's going to move. It, right,
1: you know, that's going to be what your brain is telling the servo to be idling at. What center? Yeah. What center is that? Well, the servo, yeah, the servo always thinks at fifteen hundred or whatever is center. That's programmed in the servo. But when you, quote-unquote, center your servos with a fly or whatever, all that's saying is, well, now the fly barless, when it sees zero input from you and nothing's going on, that is where it's going to place the servo. Okay.
3: So, I think I know what you're getting here. And I'm just going to put this out there as an example for maybe other people that I might be kind of...
1: Well, there you go. This. I'll simplify it, so, right? You got a brain. The servo's off-center, right? Your horn's off. Or you've got a V-bar or whatever. And you, and you go in there and you're like, all right, well... I'm going to cl- start clicking the plus button or whatever until it's centered. That's exactly what I was going to get yeah. with. And yes. then what's really happening under the hood is, well, the gyro is telling the servo 1600 or something like that now.
0: Right. So, what does that do to your f- endpoints?
1: So, this is something that I've – you remember how Monty said his Futaba, you know, was low and high, was more like 1.1 and 1.9? Uh-huh. So, your typical servo will do that – I don't know, your your 120-degree sweep that you use for helicopters or something, it'll do that in, like, 1.2 to 1.8 or something, right? So when you change your mm-hmm. center around a little bit, if you're off-center by, you know, like, 1 to 200 microseconds, that's perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with that. If it's to get your geometry – Your geometry is far more important than whether or not you are 50 microseconds off of center on the servo. Who cares? It doesn't make any difference. Not unless there's some horrible bug in the control software of the servo that doesn't like being centered. So that's fine. The problem starts if you have somehow found a way to set your geometry up that you need your servo wildly off of center. Well, now you do have to worry about going out of range on the servo. I've yeah, seen that's I'm, where I was going with that, and I've seen it. Like MKS servos just turn off when you go outside of their operating range. Other servos will just freeze up or or they're just peg at far end. But yeah, like a lot of MKS servos just turn off to tell you, hey, you've gone out of range. Um, And what can happen then is you can start chasing phantom throws that don't exist now. Like you're asking the servo to essentially do like 2.1 or something and it stops at 2. And you're like, why are my throws unequal? You see it a lot in the airplane world. Where guys aren't using control arms that are long enough and
0: or well, I think you see it a lot on helicopters too. Yeah,
1: or guys that they the center tail. things up and the servo is wildly off-center and they don't realize it and they just keep asking for more.
0: Right. But, and it's affecting your end, the other end of it, correct?
1: Exactly. Because you only have a communication range of for brevity, let's just say two to one milliseconds. And if you stick right. your your center, not paying attention, at 1.7 milliseconds, you're probably not going to be able to mechanically in the servo or software wise, be able to get the full throw on that end. Because you will run into right. to, yeah, you'll run into like two milliseconds before you get the full degree throw you're after. Right. So TLDR, pull the horns off and make sure everything is actually electrically centered first.
0: Right. So as close as you can possibly get them. So I think yeah.
1: everyone is mostly straight on your standard PDM, right?
0: Right. Okay. As far as servos go. Yeah.
1: So you know, you know, one to two milliseconds, you know, the rising edge is every um hundred hertz or whatnot or every hundred milliseconds so you get you, or actually no it would be ten, sorry, ten milliseconds. So we're good, right? Mm-hmm. So back to the question then, why the hell do I care about a 760 servo and why is Kyle Stacy or, or Botos telling me it's the best damn thing since sliced bread and I'm stupid for not using one? So the context background on this is so you know what PDM looks like, right? It's a box there are X amount of boxes happening in one second that gives you your, your, your refresh rate, right? Those boxes are one to two milliseconds long. Well, what happens when we try to run that faster, right? If you can kind of imagine it, if you run the frequency faster, the boxes start getting closer and closer together, right? There's less dead time between them. So, let's see, do a math real quick. And sooner or later, what happens is the boxes are on top of each other. And that happens right around, I think it's about 350 hertz where it really becomes an issue. I mean, I'm just kind of thinking out loud here. I haven't actually looked at the numbers in a while. Let's see. I can look real quick, actually. But um, yeah, like most, you probably notice like most fly bar systems when you're in 1520 mode or whatever, they don't usually go let you go faster than 333 hertz. Right. Well, well the reason is your pulses are now going to be on top of each other if you keep going too much further. So then how do you go hmm. faster? Make the boxes smaller. All right? Compress your range from, oh, okay. from one to two milliseconds. Well, now they're like 0.2 to 0.9 milliseconds. And now your center is 760. You're compressing the entire range down.
0: Right, right.
1: So now so now you do your full servo throw in a much shorter box. You know, your your full pulse width range is I think it is from like like 0.2 or 0.1 to 0.9. And that's the whole range now. And now, of course, you had to move your center, because you moved where your endpoints were. So, now, instead of 1520, it's 760. So, now your box is, I think, it's about half. Not quite, but getting there.
4: Mm-hmm. Close to it, yeah. yeah.
1: And what happens now is, well, the box is smaller. So, you can fit more of them in a second. So, now you can run your servo that much faster. And that's why usually you'll see tail servos and... I talked to Monty about this, and um, a lot of the early gyros with tail servos and stuff. Well, I shouldn't say early, but back when you had like the higher performance tail gyros that would take advantage of a 760 servo, and actually, I'm pretty sure VBar doesn't i from wrong. But I don't think VBar tells you, and I know the CGI never told anyone that when you switch to 760 mode, it's not telling you that you're now getting a far faster refresh rate on the servo. It doesn't tell you, though, that the servo has gone from being run at 200 to 300 hertz to now 550 or more. And that is a freaking huge difference in terms of refresh rate. I mean, just okay. go, just going from 330 to 550, I mean, that, that's over a 60% increase in speed. That's huge.
2: Well, for some of the guys... <clears throat> who may have been around long enough to remember when we were playing with 100 megahertz processors um, and we started getting into gigahertz. I mean, it's a huge jump even in, in, in CPUs just on the math.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you look at a 60%, 60 plus percent difference in performance, potentially, yep. you know, Guys, guys will spend hundreds of dollars on a helicopter for marginal increases in motor power where you can have a 60 percent jump in control loop speed just by knocking off half of your pulse width length. And this it, is why in really high-performance drone systems and UAS systems and some of the stuff I work on is we don't use anything like that. We use digital signals, you know, Ethernet or or, uh, or, um, or EtherCAT or CANVUS or LIN or FlexRay and things like that because you can transmit so much more data so much more quickly and your control loop is significantly faster. Yeah. So... I mean, a good, an easy example here is all right. So I run the, I'm running the servo faster. Okay, why do I care? Like, all right, well, your control loop can now be that much more responsive. So, for example, you know, in anecdotal evidence, um, I had the uh, the E5 helicopter, and I switched my MKS HBL five seven five servos, switched them into seven sixty mode. Same gain, same nothing. It didn't touch a damn thing. Right off the bat, I could tell it felt that much more locked in. It wasn't that it was rolling faster. It wasn't that anything was happening faster with the aircraft, but the feel of off-center response and the helicopter felt significantly more connected because the gyro was able to make that much more of a reaction, that much quicker.
3: It also takes it just. It just takes care of the um, the. Very slight delay that you, that you have from your stick inputs. It yeah, I mean, like it's-
1: you, you've basically knocked 60%. Well, provided you are running the servo faster, you've essentially knocked... I mean, there's, there's other contextual things that come into this, so we're just going to say this for...
3: Your latency is brevi- a lot less.
1: For brevity's sake. But yeah, let's just say, for example, you know, with some losses in there, you, you knocked 50% off of your latency. I mean, that's freaking huge. And, I mean, it's one thing to, to fling numbers around, you know, um... What is a silly thing my dad likes? My dad always likes to say like you know, if statisticians figure, but something 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 lies and whatever. It's some silly <laughs> saying. I think Monty or Richard might know it, but
2: basically, uh, usually just it's summarized as um, any any statistician can make the numbers say what they want.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it's it's fine. I can fling numbers of people all day, but go out and try. Well, I'm working with Thomas to speed this along. But either, you know, go out out and try some servos that can run 760 center pulse on your cyclics. And plot twist, the brain has actually been able to do this since day one. Um, The original developer of the code, Tomas, not to be confused with the spirit dev Tomas, um, he was really more of a drone UAS guy who got into helicopters. So to him, the idea of running 760 servos, it's like, yeah, cool. I'll put it in there because control loop wise, there's really no difference it's not like you're dealing with a wholly different servo. It's still a servo. You can just run it faster. So um, the last time I looked at it, it, may be different now, but the the code for the brain was basically that a servo object could have a frequency, you know, drive frequency set. So if you, you know, it's not officially supported. Like there's no button to click for 760 cyclic. But if you go into advance, you can set your cyclic servos to run at 760, um, and then run them at 500 plus hertz, and the brain will do it. And uh, it is a huge freaking difference. I've handed my helicopter to several people, and um, holy crap is usually the uh, the response I get. I personally didn't think it'd be a big deal until I tried Casey's N7, when Robert put the CGY760 on there with the fancy... Uh, what servos are they, Robert? The HPS700s or something?
2: He's running the H700s on there, because it's uh, a battery-powered model, not a... Um well, it's a receiver pack and not a and not a back. <laughs> gotcha. They're
1: this super badass Futaba servos, basically, yeah, and they can one, run, one of the two. Yeah, yeah, and they can be flipped software wise by using a programmer between fifteen twenty and seven sixty. So I flew his heli in fifteen twenty mode. I'm like, okay, yeah, it's, it's it's fun. Heli ten at seven, they're good. And
2: yeah, then, he's had the heli for a while. Yeah, yeah,
1: and then we switched it over to seven sixty mode, and I flew it back to back. Holy shit. <laughs> Same setting, same everything, but just the fact that the gyro was running the control loop that much faster, I, I didn't give him his heli back for the rest of the day. <laughs> I mean, in case he doesn't fly too much lately, so he wasn't too burnt up about it, but yeah. I, I stole his N7 for the rest of the day at the field. He wanted to get his engine tuned, but yeah, it was it is a significant difference, and it wasn't until that, you know, it's one where an engineer can look at the math and be like, yeah, you know, it, it's better, but until you have context to really understand what the number means do you really realize holy crap that is a big difference so it was after that that i called up Thomas. It was like 760 servos now
3: <laughs>
1: i've been trying to do that with freaking expert they won't listen it's the thing that gets me is it's just a freaking software change like they, you know, I thought, you know, maybe we'd have to go through and redo all the PID loops and everything in the servos, blah 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 blah. No, these these five seven fives, literally, it's a single line in the code that changes them to seven sixty mode. That's it.
2: Well, it makes me wonder if the hardware they have can actually do five hundred sixty hertz. Right,
1: it can. Like the hardware that's in there can handle it.
2: So yeah, the MKS can. I, I don't, I don't know about others.
1: Right. So there's the other context about this. Is it's one thing if you tell your, uh, for example you can tell your motherboard to run your processor at five gigahertz. Yeah. (laughs) Whether or not it can actually do it is an entirely new thing. So uh, I guess the asterisk as always with engineering topics is, so you set your servo to 550 Hertz and now the control loop can run, you know, approximately 50, 60% faster. Well, the next question is, okay. um, Everyone has probably seen how a McLaren can go 200 miles an hour with I don't know six hundred horsepower, but to go two hundred forty miles an hour, just forty miles an hour faster, uh, a Veyron has some absurd value of probably close to a thousand horsepower.
2: The first ones, yeah, the first the first ones were a 1,
1: thousand. Yeah, so that's it's the same diminishing return. Is when you want to be able to move a helicopter that much more quickly, that much faster off center. Well, now you start actually needing that servo that has three hundred plus ounce inches. You know, if you're sport flying or something, or you're not using a control loop that can really drive servos that quick, or you're not using servos that can move that quickly, and you're flying a helicopter, throwing four or five hundred ounce servos in there, you just it's it's wasting. You're never actually using that. You might use it in some you know off center cases like that, but unless the servo's quick, it doesn't make sense. On an airplane, yeah, an airplane it makes a lot of sense because you got a control surface that'll destroy a servo unless it has. Four or five hundred ounce inches because you only got two servos for this giant wing. You know, there's a sustained load there, but for, yeah, it's
2: not like we have a, a six. It's not like we have a six or eight inch cord uh, <laughs> surface.
1: <laughs> I don't have a two by four in the wind. Yeah. So with a helicopter, yeah, unless you're like I tell people, all right? You want a three D monster, then honestly, you know, give or take about uh, three hundred ounce inches and point will do you. But now you get into like 5.75s in the HPS servos where they have 300 plus ounce inches, but now they can also go 0.07 or faster. And also now you're able to drive them that much quicker. So now that torque suddenly matters. You're going to be using it. And uh, holy shit, it makes a difference. Hmm. Yeah, you want locked in feeling? Oh my God. And so the flip side of this too, another side effect is the fact that because your entire control system now refreshes this much more quickly, you can run your gains that much more higher. i um mm-hmm. not thinking. I, I told a buddy of mine who also flies brain. He asked me for some setup information off of my Kraken. So, I started listing him off gain numbers and, and rate numbers. He's like, what the hell are you smoking? That would explode your helicopter. I'm like, oh, wait. Um, I forgot. I've got secret sauce servos. <laughs> let, let me go dig up the file from when they were 1520 set.
4: Hmm.
2: Yeah, because the fun part is is when you start running all this and, and people remember it from PCs. You start running everything faster. Things get warmer.
1: Yeah. So that's the last thing I was going to touch on. Um, yeah. So it goes faster. It it, it, it does the thing. Fuck yeah! It, go, it does the thing. It goes fast. But um, <laughs> well, well, doing that kind of requires power. So things are going to get warmer. Um. If the engineers designed the servo right, it's designed to deal with the increased heat and increased current, and you shouldn't be blowing MOSFETs up. Um, make sure your power system can handle it, because there's, there's definitely going to be more uh, load spikes for sure.
2: Well, and if guys guys who are close to me, uh, close enough to me, may have noticed that. From when I built my Diablo to when I – so last uh, December, I switched to the 760 with servos. I actually put the buffer pack in the Contronic recommends because I flew my BLS273s for years without a buffer pack. They they didn't beat up the power system on the back all that much. But talking to the guys, uh, everyone's seen an increase in power consumption with the uh, with the Fataba servos. Yeah, nothing dangerous, nothing dangerous. So yeah, I put my I put my pack in.
1: And it's not that they're uh, inefficient. It's just that if you're running them that much faster, you're going to use more power.
2: Well, it's kind of like kind of like you mentioned the Veyron earlier. I think it's got something like ten radiators to cool it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I
1: mean, you know, anyone that drives an F one fifty EcoBoost. Loves to gloat about how they can get over 20 miles per gallon on the highway, driving like a grandma, not touching the boost. The moment you start towing a trailer and you stomp the turbo, it's like, hey, look, my mileage just went to single digits. Same thing. A
2: <laughs> well, fun thing is I know even my Mazda, when I start driving it spirited and I, I get home and park it, it actually sits there and runs the fans on the radiator oh, and cool yeah. it down even after I stopped it. Yeah, the
1: heat soaking. normal
2: normal driving turns off i come home park it it doesn't even keep itself on
1: yep so you know there's that disclaimer there when it comes to this but uh there is in in short you know there's the reason to run a 760 servo is you can just run your control loop that much more quickly and um i know there's i don't like to name names but i've had a few people come up and tell me why's the point of that there's no point in running 760 cyclic. it's stupid like okay well then by that logic running a 760 tail is stupid and you know the the, only, the logic behind that I would to me I would think is the servo needs to be able to take advantage of it your controller needs to be able to take advantage of it just running it faster means nothing unless you can back it up with the power and speed and um you know you can get into some tight spots with this too and I don't know if it's been changed cuz I never actually got a response from the guy but um Spirit, Tomas. I, I asked him. I don't know, maybe he doesn't look at Facebook much, but I asked Merrick to bug him for me, and he said he did. Uh, I asked him, "Does it run? You know, can the Spirit run 760 servos?" He said, "Yeah." Cool. So I started poking around in the app in demo mode, and uh, I noticed that it only ever runs them at 300 some odd hertz or so, and you can't run them faster. So that's cool. Completely defeats the point. <laughs>
4: <laughs> there's
1: no point in running a 760 if you can't turn the frequency up so I don't know if that's just a he never coded it or I mean I would think the the, the controller in that fly can absolutely handle a faster speed unless he's somehow using for cost cutting like a $1 or less micro in which case you know maybe he is running pretty close but whatever conjecture um, yeah that will came up because there was some funkiness with the brain where uh, it didn't used to do this so I guess Brain dev may have touched something goofy, but because as far as I know, it's still there. I haven't actually checked this in a while, but if, it was, if you switch it into 760 cyclic mode, um, there is a scaling error somewhere in the control loop where, uh, well, people who have brains know that if you go into advanced mode, you can specify X amount of degrees per second of rate.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so, you know, for F-300 and everything, I usually have settled on, you know, like 270-ish, you know, anything over that. If your heli can actually do it, it's kind of terrifyingly fast. Like, I I set (laughs) up an Aussie 3 once and ran the bastard at 3,000 RPM, and I set it to 360 because I wanted to see what it was really like, right? And, um, I don't consider myself, like, pro-level or anything like that. I consider myself decent at helicopters, and, uh... Holy shit stick, that was uncontrollably fast. <laughs> it not fun at all. It was like the first time you try, as a helicopter guy, uh, your 3D airplane guy, as is is, is, is friend, as a joke, hands you this cracked out 3D plane with the gyro turned off, and the rates all turned to 8 billion. And it's got a roll rate of like 800 degrees a second. You're like, I don't know what's going on. I need an adult. <laughs> That's what that felt like. So, if you think you're getting 360... Are you screaming when it's happening? Because if not, no.
2: Well, and, in you know, uh, there's the immediate off center speed and then there's the continuous speed. Yeah. Most helicopters can't do uh you know, when you talk about seven hundred class helicopters, you don't see them usually above like three hundred degrees a second continuous. Plus you
1: got revo blades.
2: Revo blades uh, or uh, the other way I've seen it done is 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 you're not talking about obnoxious head speed. You're talking about plaid level head speed. They've gone <laughs> to plaid. Yeah, that'll do it. Uh, yeah, when you start hearing the guys talking about I'm running 24 or 2500 on some of these helicopters. Yep, they will do it. They'll start approaching that speed and it's like, good, good, good night, Sally. That is...
1: Enjoy your two minutes. A,
2: it's a quick flight. It's amazing if if you got the skill for it. It's an amazing flight. <laughs>
1: to that end, yeah, usually I settle around yeah two seventy or so for F three N, even hard three D. I usually don't go much above two seventy. It just doesn't get used. So you know, I set the brain to two seventy and you know, I go in a flight. I'm like, hey, this feels kind of weird. It's 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 slow. Robert, come fly this helicopter. Yeah, what'd you do? Did you turn your rates down? No, I just switched the servos to seven sixty mode. So, uh, I did a bunch of tests with the telemetry and, um, yeah, it's always about 35% slower when you tell the brain to run the servos in 760 mode. So to get a measured to 270 degrees, I actually end up having to run the rates at like 330 or 340 or some silly number. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I emailed him a long time back and he said he'd look at it before the break and I never heard back. So who knows? All I know is my helicopter hasn't magically started hauling ass. So I guess the bug is still there.
4: <laughs>
1: I'll know when he fixes it because either the thing's going to blow up or it's going to go into plaid speed and chop <laughs> my boom off.
2: Well, and and this wasn't all meant to be all about like seven sixty servos, but it's a great it's a great point on how the math truly shows why a, a seven sixty. Pulse with servo driven at a proper hertz rate is truly faster and and the control loop can take advantage of it.
1: If you've got the mechanics and the control loop to back it up, it is – and you don't care about power draw. It is ostensibly better. And honestly, I wouldn't even say power draw because for someone who's doing like F3C stuff, if your airframe responds quickly enough, I would say that running 760 cichlits could probably help you out. Because now you can run your fly system that much more of a faster control loop. So, oh, yeah. so, any little bobbles and stuff? So, I bet the guys running CGY760s are laughing it up. The interesting thing
2: is how the various rotor blades oh, um, that, yeah, we get into that. can play into it. But, yeah, the servos are uh, – I run higher gain values. The fly flybarless controller is reacting faster. The model is – it's it's kind of like handing my gyro a, a, a dose of crack. <laughs> it just seems to be faster at it all. And it's like, yeah, okay, I'll just keep handing him crack because he does better.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking for chill out, I might have to hand Mr. Scott the uh, the Kraken with the secret sauce servos. And I've had them for, and see what he thinks, because I don't think he's played with them yet.
2: To be honest, Scott has actually flown uh, Jason Bell's helicopter running the 760 with the HP... Yes, he he knows. knows.
1: This is still kind of fringe, honestly. Even last winter when I got the... I started talking to Thomas and we got the Secret sauce servos and that was right about... Right after when Futaba released 760 cyclics and I would bring it up to people and they'd be like, are you running tail servos on your cyclic? I'm like, no. But no one has brought this up. And then...
3: Now, now that you brought it up just now, I'm going to cut you in here. What is wrong with running
1: just tail servos to get that 760? You gear? just don't have the speed. You don't have the torque. Speed's there, but everything. But you don't have the torque. That's what I thought.
0: Cause right. I was, I was, I wanted to talk about that really quick. Because we've been running 760 tails for a really long time, right? right?
1: And you, to get that speed on a tail, you don't require a lot of torque to back it up. On a cyclic, you do. Gotcha. Well, for large movements, anyway. You know, if you're doing large excursions, you want the speed. You need it. If you know, if you're doing like tiny little movements, you don't need it as much. You Start getting into engineering right. terms like uh jerk and all that. Remember, we
2: we went up in in torque when we went uh direct servo to swash, yeah, right. When we were still running pull when we were still running push pull, <clears throat> you didn't require as much torque, yeah.
1: You had all the leverage mechanical stuff, mm-hmm. but yeah.
2: Well, and 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 the big thing, you know, one of the things I wanted to get to is as we play with various systems on our helicopters, you know, we usually see. You know, like uh Fataba on, on a lot of the systems, you got, you know, when you're playing around on the transmitter, you see numbers like negative one hundred to positive one hundred with zero being center. Oh,
1: this is what probably started this, isn't it?
2: Yeah. And then, you know, Spectrum, it's pretty usual to see zero to one hundred
1: mm-hmm. with
2: fifty being center.
1: Yeah, I think I think I've seen that.
2: And so when you when you run into these various ranges of what they're giving you the big thing you have to remember is in the end it's getting it's getting equated to you know how many milliseconds is the width is the width of the pulse to tell a servo where to be
1: right because I mean like we said earlier, you're dealing with different domains you know, you're, yeah. I mean, you're not your your processor and your computer doesn't see Ethernet packets it sees raw data that the Ethernet Phi is decompiled from whatever and sorted through it <laughs> so much the same way. At the end of the day, the radio is handling ranges differently. All it's going to do is confuse users trying to talk to each other. Or, you know, if you're trying to do flybarless integration, you've got to step into the world of the radio developer and talk their language.
2: Oh, it was, it was fun watching uh, and talking with Rich as he started using the jetty with a CGY mm-hmm. 750 <laughs> and he's doing, he's teaching at the collective range and it's running its numbers much further than what Fataba does. Yeah. Or, uh, and so in the, in the, in the end that, it, that controls like endpoints, you know, you start playing around with endpoints and the endpoint menus and transmitters, you know, it's. You know, all those things are just playing with that width of, you know, how telling it how far to go or where is you know, where's the center at the end of the day is what it's doing. Yeah, I guess
1: because I guess the fun story – what was this, Urcha? was this the first Urcha I went to? No, it was the second one I ever went to. Mm,
2: second or third, yeah, it yeah, was yeah. 15 or 16. It's so
1: the second one I ever went to, which is probably 15?
2: Yeah, 14 was our first. 15 or 16 would have been yeah, second Yeah, where I
1: decided – I'm bringing everything with me because I don't know what to expect. I'm here for the first full week plus experience with you and Nats and everything. And uh yeah, this, this was interesting. So uh, one of the things in my bag was an oscilloscope because, you know, they're cheap nowadays and tiny. So as <laughs> I was...
2: Cheap's relative.
1: Uh, you know, <laughs> hey, I mean, two or three hundred bucks for a basic <laughs> one.
2: Yeah, but it's two or three hundred dollars. You got to know how to use it. Yeah, there's that part. You yeah. Just, otherwise it's a $300 paperweight you need to
1: you have someone to show you the ropes or go watch some YouTube EV blog or something but anyway I was putting around on the stink bike and uh, I ran across can i be wrong it is Clint Aikens right who used to work at Castle yeah okay him and a uh, couple other fellows and one guy from Team Synergy were all standing around arguing at the Castle tent and I, I think this was right when the V-bar control was it yeah the V-control had come out that year, and they were all standing there like, the stupid V-Bar stuff doesn't work with Castle. I can't get the bailout mode to work. So they were going back and forth and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, did you look at endpoints? And he's like, yeah, they're maxed out. And you know, the Castle's just sitting here being dumb. Like, well, I don't know. v is a new radio. What does it do for endpoints? And they're like, minus 100, 100. I'm like, no, no. Endpoints. Range. PWM. So, uh, it wasn't Bodo's, but Cherry was there because he—he's one of the guys who uses Futaba and um, Silverline V bars and everything. So he was curious. and He used Castle at the time. So I go back to the to the car with Monty, and he's still finishing up some Matt stuff. And he sees me pulling.
2: No, Ursha. Ursha was going on at that. Was point. Was it Full Urche? Oh, it was Full Urche, Yeah, it was the evening. It was like it was like Friday or Saturday night. No, it was Friday night. It was Thursday. It was like, or Friday yeah, night. it
1: wasn't quite the weekend yet, but it was close. Point being, I go in and I get this scope, and Monty's like, the, what are you pulling that out for? It's Urchin. I'm like, don't worry about it. I'm going to go stir some shit. I'm going to stir the pot, man. It's going to be good. <laughs> we're we're going to see which company is wrong. We're both going to get to laugh at them. So, um, and then, uh, I guess Neil's home right now or something. So,
2: Girlfriend's yelling at you, huh?
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, Neil walked in. It's all good. Um So, yeah. So, I, I uh. I bring this scope over there and we we plug it in and, uh, well, it turned out the Germans being who they are, took exactly one to two milliseconds to be the quasi standard that we all use for PWM servos, which was a fair assessment. You know, most servos don't ever go over 1.1 to 1.9, right? Well, Castle, when you do the bailout mode, extends that range to like 0.9 to 2.1 or something. Yep. So, uh, hmm. yeah, you were never going to get a castle ESC to arm using V control ever. So then all the finger pointing started, and I took my scope and I walked away chuckling.
2: Yeah. Yeah. If if uh, I, I I I will assume many listeners have have owned a castle once upon a time, and if you pull open their logs, you'll actually see the milliseconds that it sees from the the, the you know your your system what it's being told via, you know, your transmitter through your controller or your receiver to what it's actually acting on. And you can see that yeah, I have seen highs and low you know, lows of point nine and highs of up near two point one. And uh, it would kind of surprise me because they, you know, castle was going well beyond a range most others do. Yeah. Which is the other reason when you start like when you when you turn on the auto rotation bailout on a castle, you have to go back and do uh, throttle calibration yeah you
1: gotta redo your endpoint count cali- well
4: because
2: mm. it's now cut the rate it's cut that same range up a little differently because instead of like 0. 0.9 to 1.1 being like nothing now it's 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 the that's the nothing area and right above like 1.1 1. 1 is where you start seeing auto rotation bailout and and then you get up a little bit higher and is where the motor actually turns on um so yeah, all that to say that, you know, the scale you see in your transmitter in the end has to, is, is usually getting down to a scale that has something to do with pulse width when you're getting output to something like a servo. Yeah, when you start talking with our flybarless controllers, they're not talking straight PWM anymore. They've gotten They need faster, and they're doing serial and all that, so they changed the protocol a bit in there. Which in the beginning you mentioned, Mike, how your uh, how the stuff you work with is using you know CAN bus or Ethernet or you know faster things, things that operate at the speed of the processor, not at a, a bus speed. It makes me wonder when we'll see integrated servos with a flybarless controller so that they can run even faster.
1: It's funny you mentioned that because uh, if we take a short step over to the drone guys, yeah, they don't use PDM for anything anymore. Yeah, it, it's been actually probably several years now. Um, They're all their ESCs. They just PDM just wasn't fast enough, so all their ESCs are using uh, serial bus commands. You know, like one shot is one name that you see, but it's their own, it's a serial semi standard that everyone's kind of agreed on for um, communicating with ESCs at very high speeds. Yeah, and you know, the other fun thing is when you start using serial buses to do all the work, you know, like CAN or something else, well, now you can send a lot more than just pulse width length. You can actually send data and that becomes bi-directional as well. Yeah. Which is super helpful.
2: Yeah. The, I, I bet there could be some value in us as helicopter pilots with some bi-directional data, but since most of us are running governed at a head speed, we're just telling.
1: Yeah, a helicopter doesn't respond yeah. quick enough to need the... I mean, okay, when you if you were using your ESC to actually drive control surfaces like a drone does, it matters. But for sure. us, since you know, usually the power... You're not going to realize much in the gains for how much it would require to actually. Implement we would need it. A,
2: We would we would need a speed up between motor but, and um, ESC communication. Yeah,
1: there. you know there be you need some reason for the whole system to react or require you to react that much faster to go through the effort of implementing it. Now, if you had a bi-directional ESC protocol that you could do over your throttle cable, that'd be pretty badass. And Castle actually does that, called Castle Link Live, which is. Pretty neat, actually. They have a whole uh, a whole uh, interface document on how to do it where it superimposes data over the standard servo signal. It, it inverts it, though, so because apparently the Castle c can only pull the line down. But, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. It actually works pretty well. Um, and then you got Hobbywing, who has their own... I won't get into that and how I had to reverse engineer it because they wouldn't tell me how it worked because they're assholes, but... And they still haven't fixed their bugs
2: stupid American buy the product
1: so that'd be nice you know not not to shit on them. I mean the hardware is decent but there's a couple simple bugs that would be nice if they got fixed that haven't been or you know publishing the interface protocol so you don't have to go digging for it and then they get mad because I, I put the stuff on github I'm like why did I offer to sign an NDA <laughs> several times actually okay stop dealing with China go to Germany <laughs> well, German costs German money and I'm yeah, dude well you I'll keep get on there. saying
3: that but yet I did get but you can go on the forums and find like dirt cheap I
1: well I went the the angry engineer way and went and rewrote my own telemetry protocol and made it work and when it stops working I'll go buy like you know YG or something
0: well, <laughs> let, let's come back to the topic now where how does this all relate to a motor? Uh I mean we've got that on the list but
1: well, I was saying in terms of motors that I think it
2: relates to the ESC when it comes to the motor you're when you come to ESC to motor it doesn't relate.
1: Yeah, it's just it's, a, it's how you're talking to a servo or an ESC. Like the drone guys needed their motors well, you're just and are just ESC talking used. to it. Right? Yeah, it's just how you're communicating. Instead of PWM, the drone right. guys needed speed that was beyond your typical even 760 range. They said, well, why are we still playing with this crap when we can just switch it over and start talking digitally? And while I say digitally, I mean using a serial bus, you know, serial data. Right. Where now you can do bi-directional communication. I don't know if one shot is. I haven't looked, but it might be. And being able to run it at, you know, a thousand hertz or more, you know, probably like several, maybe even in the hundred thousands of bits per second, you know, 100K or something faster than that. Hmm.
2: Yeah, because i imagine they're shutting off and turning on their motors a whole bunch. Oh, yeah. It's their flight service. Very fast.
1: You have to be updating incredibly quickly to get that kind of performance. But the thing is, yeah, I mean, we're talking like active braking, where they're actively braking the motor and slowing it down to be able to get the control performance they want. A helicopter Mm. will never – I say never, but I should never say that. But practically, a helicopter model is not going to react and do things in the air quickly enough to require – That insanity of precision on the ESC. Could you do it? Yes. Would you realize benefits? Probably. Would they be benefits that are usable and tangible to most pilots? Debatable. I mean, with the crazy high-speed stuff you see for drones, um, usually guys do it just because it's convenient and you can get data out of it
2: the I would say on the ESC rich that a lot of ESCs when you when you want to show a, a signal that will initialize the ESC they want to see like a, a 1.1 millisecond pulse mm-hmm. at that point they'll say okay I've seen the minimum pulse I will allow this motor to turn on I'll turn the motor on for you but in order to turn the motor on, a lot of them won't actually start turning the motor on until they see like a, a 1.4 or 1.5 millisecond pulse. Then they'll actually start turning the motor on, and they'll follow that pulse rate to give the RPM based upon that pulse. Right. But when you go and you, um, you know, for simplicity's sake, a lot of, if you don't have a bailout enabled for your ESC, basically they, when you turn your motor off, you show it that 1.1 millisecond again, and the controller goes. I've seen 1.1 millisecond. I'm going to do a slow spool. Right. Whereas if you enable a bailout, um, you know, if it's not, you know, somewhere between like 1.2 and 1.4, if it sees that signal it goes, okay, turn the motor off. But if I see a 1.5 or higher again, I'll quickly spool
3: that motor back up
4: mm-hmm. unless so I
3: see a 1.1. What's that? So it's it's seeing a – so when, when you're doing like the, your bailout and stuff like that, you – are setting like so if you want to do a bailout or a throttle cut, a throttle cut basically will will lower your throttle to the point where the ESC will reset pretty much. That's basically it's it's the same thing the it's showing a lower PWM uh to the point where the ESC will say it, it it's time to restart. It's seeing that zero. It's,
2: once once it's, once it sees the 1.1 it's going okay, I do a slow spool if I see a 1.5 it's a zero. again.
3: Pretty much, It's pretty much seen zero on the radio.
0: Yeah, you said throttle cut. The throttle cut's going to always present that that lowest value, right?
3: Well, throttle right. cut's
0: adjustable. Cut. But, right. Well, it is yeah. where you put it, but the idea of a throttle cut is never to allow that motor to come back on. It's your safety.
3: The term of a throttle cut is to cut the throttle completely. Yeah. That makes yeah. a lot more sense. Yeah.
2: There's, there's a couple terms in there. There's showing zero throttle cut, you know, turn the motor off. Uh, initialize, or, or like you like to say, reset. You know, all those terms are basically talking about showing your ESC a 1.1 millisecond pulse. Right. Showing it pretty much zero
3: on the radio.
0: The lows. Well, you know. it
2: depends on the radio manufacturers. Some will call it zero, ah, some will call it negative 100. Um, you know, it, it, uh, they call it something different. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. Let's just say the point of no return.
2: Well, it's not really a point of no return,
0: it's just a point of adjustability.
3: Right.
2: You can adjust, yeah. You can adjust
3: no, the point. I mean, oh no, I'm I'm just being sarcastic, saying the point of no return. Like, if you turned it off completely in your auto and you need to bail out, and you're kind of screwed. It's I'm where
0: your zero sarcastic. is. Think about it, I mean, yeah, right? It's where zero is, yeah. What well, we would call zero on the radio, or where you know, I mean, it needs to see zero. So, if can't, and I know it's not that's not the pulse width we're talking about, that's just a number
2: it's just a number that makes it uh, convenient for us humans uh,
0: right to so we say it can't, if it doesn't see zero it's not gonna it's not gonna initialize yeah. same yeah. thing with slow spool right so um, but unlike on my radio which I fly jetty throttle cut I have a throttle cut and I have a throttle hold yep. throttle cut means turn everything off don't turn it back on it's right. a separate setting it's a separate item it's a separate thing um, spectrum does the same thing they have a throttle cut That says, this is a safety thing, don't turn it back on.
3: And I think for V-Control, it's motor idle and then motor off.
0: Yeah, I'm not familiar with V-Control, so.
3: Yep.
2: Yeah, V-Control introduced something in their controller well before I flew them where they would idle the motor, uh, electric motor. They would keep it spinning at a very slow RPM so that when you wanted to bail out, it wouldn't be such a high amp draw um yeah
3: and it's it's such a slow rpm that it's not a it's not it's it's not engaging the one way uh yeah it does oh really it's still engaging the one way Uh uh-huh it depends on your one
2: way but uh when i played around with it it would it would spin anywhere it usually spun about 700 rpm on my on my whiplash or my e700 high Uh
3: uh-huh
2: it also depended upon the rotor blade
3: um uh, I'd also think it would depend also on the motor too, like the pole count in the motor and all. Sure, sure, sure.
0: I know it's adjustable because I know last weekend that Puta was having the problem where he was uh, he was doing autos mm-hmm. and mining his and his blades were still spinning they are under power when he. You know.
2: Yeah, I the uh, um I I used the motor idle feature for years. DePaulo was there with me when I used it,
4: mm-hmm.
2: and. In the end, I found it was um, it wasn't a crutch, but after using it for so long, I kind of had to learn to do autos better because uh, without it, I would smashed the model. <laughs> I didn't control my head speed well enough because I wasn't you know it would always spin my head, and then when All I right. actually turned the head off and, and did an auto, I got to the bottom of the auto and slammed the model in because I had no head speed left and it just dropped.
3: What was that thing you smashed? Model. The model? You smashed the model? Shut the f*** up. <laughs> <laughs> There's oh a hell yes button right there. <laughs>
2: um, the interesting thing is a lot of guys who are playing around, or if you've if you got a Scorpion uh, V-Control combo, you can hear that odd sound when you hit throttle hold. That's actually a Scorpion controller using the brake to stop the motor at, a, at, the, at the optimal spot for a restart. Hmm. Yeah, I had to. I had enough asking. Finally, found an answer. But yeah, the scorpion actually uses brake to stop the motor because um, while all of us have a motor brake f- uh, function in our ESCs, because airplanes use it, uh, it doesn't actually stop the rotor head unless you have you know no one way bearing, aka the like the Henslet TDSF right. or uh, Fireball Fireball. They <laughs> have yeah, no one way. Direct drive. Yeah, direct drive stuff. Um, Yeah, you can use the brake. All it does is stop the motor quick. Hmm. Um, But yeah, it's just, you know, on ESCs, they like to cut that that millisecond range up. Like a 1.1 shows it a a signal for initializing. You know, 1.2 to like 1.4 is an area, if it sees it after the motor is spinning, it will do bailout. And then the motor will actually start spinning. The ESC will spin the motor up somewhere around 1.4 to 1.5 until you get to you know 100% throttle wide open near 1.9 milliseconds.
0: Right, and the governor, your governor's using that too, right, when you're in governor mode. That's how you, how the governor knows what value to try to maintain. It's a, a specific yeah, pulse width.
2: Yeah, it's yeah, it's well, it's it's taking that pulse width and, and turning trying it to into maintain whatever it. Is to it's, yeah, it's turning to whatever's needed for the motor. Right.
4: right. Yeah.
2: But yeah, a big thing in there is, you know, milliseconds is usually where you start seeing the measurement at in the end, uh, 1.1 to 1.9. Um, a lot of the systems try and put an artificial range on top of it, realize that's what you're playing in.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> um, and that people will cut up that number range to get, you know, get things done differently. Another good point that, you know, Mike brought up is... You know, if you shift your neutral off far enough, you can compress your range on one side. And you're not going to get the travel you need. That's why, right. you know, centering or, or taking an effort to center is worth a damn.
4: <laughs> right.
2: Um, and then in the end, also math. If you, you know, you can't run a 1520 above like 350 uh, hertz because then the, the pulses end up, on top of each other there's no spaces in between them so if you want to run faster they increase to a 760 or, or decrease the pulse width to 760 and then we can run our hertz rate up so that we're able to you know tell the servo or the controller well it's really the the, the servo we're able to give it more information you know we're able to give it double the information right um, which You know, Mike, you know, Depalo has servos and take advantage of it. I do as well. Um, Yes, latency matters. Uh, I've talked about it before and I've been able to find it. But um, basically, so like a lot of us have experienced uh, a lot of uh, television we watch is around 30 frames a second. 30 frames a second equals out to be about 16 milliseconds. Um, uh, The human brain, most standard people, people without, you know, eye conditions, um, they can – things seem weird when it's slower than 16 milliseconds.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: So, you remember kind of Mike was talking about, you know, 60% increase, you know, the numbers, the statistics will, will play with it. Remember, there's your transmission latency from – your transmitter taking an analog input, making it digital and outputting it to the receiver. And then there's a the latency that takes from, you know, the receiver all the way through the control to the servos. Right. I'm happy to re- reduce latency all the way through, um, you know, fast transmission, fast servos, fast controller. <laughs> right. So. Well,
0: that's a good discussion. Yes. Yeah. I learned something tonight.
2: I think I, I thought it would well. be
0: fun. You know? Yeah.
2: It's nerdery. It's fun. Whatever.
1: Nerdery.
0: <laughs> nerdery. <laughs> Nerd. Nerd. Yeah.
1: Nerd. Whatever. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. Close up. I hope y'all had a good time with squiggly lines. Yeah.
2: Squiggly.
1: squiggly. Squiggly, squiggly.
2: Well, they're not squiggly. They're, they're square. They're square. They are, they
1: are square. Well, I don't know. Hold on now. If we go into the frequency domain, it's a whole bunch of squiggly lines stacked on each oh
2: other. Oh, my God. Hey,
4: hey, hey. We, now are going to start – what
1: was, what
2: was that topic, the, the one that uh, talks about how like electricity moves in the atmosphere or some stuff?
1: Something, something, uh, something. Radio waves? No.
2: Uh, how something can be in, like two places at once. Superposition? Yeah, was it that? Entanglement? Yeah, some shit like that. You had to do a paper. You had to do something on it years ago.
1: I did. Yeah. Two places.
2: Or they they, te- they taught it to you. One of the two. I don't know. I don't care. Close out. Uh, close out. Close out. Okay.
1: Close out. If I made a fun file, bring in a telescope. and I'll show you how this works. Uh, shut up and get us a picture I'll so I'm it. sharing with I'll others. I'll do both. Blow up your servos. I already did that. OMG, awesome. thanks you.
2: Dude, I'm not going to go off topic, but blowing up servos on a helicopter and machine isn't yours is just gut wrenching.
1: Oh, yeah, that was also funny. Anyway,
2: yeah, close up. Uh, check out the other great heli podcast, Freefall RC podcast, the heli head show skids up RC heli podcast, inverted down under RC heli podcast and the Houdini RC heli podcast on rerun BK RC podcast, RC heli hooligans, full pitch RC podcast and RC heli nation version 2.0 and actually BK put out an episode since the last uh, time they've we put out
0: two since we started saying they were on rerun. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I'll put them on rerun. <laughs> 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 yeah,
3: Don't listen to them anyways. I
2: yeah. do. No, I do. Uh, Their
0: last episode was in, it was pretty cool. Even uh, it was an he, advertisement. He's
2: not, he's not on Podbean, so. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what happens when you use uh, Android. Um, mm. Please comment yep. on iTunes. I use
0: Android and I listen to them. Just oh, saying. Okay.
1: Okay.
0: Please okay, comment.
1: Oh, shut the f- <laughs> up on I everything. <laughs> 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 this
2: is the reason I start the f- you Olympics every episode. Twenty Twenty One F
0: U Olympics. All right. Are you going to go or what?
2: Please comment on iTunes and Podbean. Help others find the show. Upcoming events we are attending. Chill out. Yeah. Yes. We talked earlier in this episode when we we're going to do that yep. one. Yep. Uh, by the time this episode gets up, I'll have a 2021 heli calendar uh, up. uh so, if you uh, scroll down and check out the link, you'll get to our show notes where we have all the show notes from all the previous episodes and all the topics. You can just poke around there for pure curiosity, but
3: you also see our heli calendar. And, and, and possibly in 2020 This time 2022 Rich may put the logo up Oh jeez
0: Dude you ever put a freaking Never mind we're not going here
2: Remember we're on Discord if you'd like to chat with us Or uh, other heli buddies in real time And uh, Search Telerotor on Facebook And uh, like us or find us or chat with us After that I'll say Thank you to all the
3: listeners and look forward to seeing you on the field soon Awesome We're done awesome. Bed. Good night <laughs>
0: all right goodbye everybody have a good one have a safe be safe all that stuff go crash something yeah or try not to blow up some servos
3: thank you everyone for listening we hope you enjoyed this episode as we enjoy taking the time to make them if you have any questions regarding the show, such as future topics, events, or anything else, you can send us an email at telerotor at gmail.com or on Facebook, search so telerotor. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the field.
2: Welcome to the bloopers for this episode. We recommend you listen to them in private as the audio is loud and the subject matter a bit sophomoric. Enjoy.
0: I'll get to be the dumb, I'll get to be the dumb f*** on this one. Not that hey. I'm not always the dumb Well, uh,
2: I mean, you are pretty dumb. I am. It goes with oh. the age, though. Oh,
0: you asshole. <laughs> Stay away from the <laughs> fucking age.
2: Well, we found the sensitive topic for the evening. <laughs>
0: It used to be I'm blind. Now I just can't. I'm old.
3: Okay, well, does, does the heavy proto still bother you?
0: Has never bothered me, dickhead. <laughs> Apparently, it sounds like it does bother you. <laughs> it does you. not bother me. The fact that everybody me. talks about it bothers me.
2: It bothers me more. Yeah.
0: What's that? Yeah. Whatever. He built it fucking <laughs> heavy too. <laughs>
2: Hey, man, I thought I thought the,
3: survive.
2: I thought the lighter weight for servos would offset the weight of the <laughs> ruby ruby red contronic cosmic. Yeah, <laughs> like that <laughs> happened.
3: <laughs> hey, it needs that cosmic.
2: Uh, right. it, it needs a cosmic to deal with that 4535
0: motor. It's 4530.
2: Forty-five, thirty—it's—it's a—it's a, it's a it's honking motor. Yeah, You're not going to put a motor. Jive Pro on that thing, yeah. and you'd, you'd be pressing your luck to put a, a Calibri One Forty on the front of it.
0: Yeah, you would be. Oh. I think. I don't know. I don't know. I get,
3: probably not. Well, I mean, as long as we're not like, yeah, no, I think it'd be fine. But we're still. I don't know. Peaking I don't know. After, having Mike, out of- after having
2: Mike, after having Depallo fly at the Protos, the person who's the worst on the batteries is.
3: Shaggy. Of course it is. (laughs) What did the Apollo pull? 120. No way in hell. Yes, way in hell.
1: It's because I don't treat the throttle stick like a redneck wife in in a trailer park. (laughs) 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 Oh. I still think we should just haze all new people by telling them, here's a thrust vectoring jet, set this up. You have 24 hours. (laughs) If you don't do it right, Robert's going to come whip you. (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, no, first the owner is going to beat the ever-living shit out of you on the field, yeah. and, and then we're just going to clown car your ass. It's just going to be a bunch of Monty's piling out of a clown car. It's a clown car guys, angry, yelling, like, you stupid <laughs> What'd you do? Sucks. You had 24 hours to read the manual and you managed to f*** it all up. Oh, uh, do you baby need a V-bar? <laughs> I
1: think you're about to give some
0: like, <laughs> former Marines some flashbacks oh, to basic.
3: <laughs> man with funny hats <laughs> popping clown out places. Places coming
0: out of a little clown car.
3: Dude, I'm going to have nightmares tonight.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I hope so.
0: All those little Monty's <laughs> coming up. out butt first. <laughs> <laughs> just man,
2: the vision's nope. just
0: not good, man.
2: Nope, Monty's always come out cock first.
0: <laughs> How oh, wasn't get pulled was out? Maybe cocked, <laughs>
2: pulled out? No <laughs> such thing in the verbiage. That was a word I had to learn as an adult. You had you
3: had your fifth
0: kid. Oh, you know what? I got to back this down just a little bit. What's the difference between a nerd and a geek? Yes. No. Yeah. Yes. I think
2: I have an answer.
0: I don't. <laughs>
2: yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. And basically, <laughs> a nerd is someone who's just smart about stuff. Geeks are someone who's, uh, you know, they 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 are a geek about a certain subject. Um, so you know, you could you could write down many of us as nerds because, you know, we we're curious about everything and we'll learn as much as we can about almost any subject. Whereas if someone's really hyped up about
0: geeking gaming, out about something gaming yeah. consoles,
2: like they can tell you everything about gaming consoles, but if you ask them to do two plus two, they go, huh? That's a geek.
1: <laughs> two plus two equals fish. Everyone knows that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Be nice if Um, 2 plus 2 equal bike (laughs) Yamaha. (laughs) (laughs) I keep getting sent memes and they keep being reminded that I'm angry about that. I saw that one you put on the Discord chat. Yeah, you see the one in in general chat? The, uh, The fairly odd parents meme. If I had one! This is where I'd put my Yamaha. If I had one. God <laughs>
4: damn
1: it! <laughs> I'm just gonna start showing you guys all the stuff that. Oh, uh,
2: someone should change that and run around. This is where I'd put my goblin raw if I had if one. I had, give one
1: <laughs>
2: <second>. <laughs> oh, dude, dude! After you do the goblin raw, change it. This is where I put my V control.
1: Oh, <laughs> hold on. No. Who do we know who's really angry about something they don't have besides me and the bike? Like, like who do we know is really burnt up? They don't have a raw right now.
2: I think it's just in demand. I don't I don't know anyone burnt up. What was what's this what has been unobtainium this Christmas?
1: Besides that bike. Nitro fuel. Sixty nice. graphics cards. Oh yeah, those two. I, I gave up trying to find one. I just resigned myself to playing Cyberpunk in doo-doo mode. Yeah. Because no, they're still good. Everyone's missing age? mining with them, brother. It, it's not that. It's they the can't get them. The miners are getting screwed, too. <laughs> they can't yeah, get them.
0: everybody is. The su- Nobody can get them. The supply
1: was low because components have been hard to get. And then all the scalpers were like, oh, wait, we can make money off of dumbasses. So they snapped all the cards up.
2: Well, even even between Sony and Microsoft, because they're both using the similar components yep. from... Um, Oh, who's the manufacturer of what memory? Yeah, it's AMD. Passes? It's AMD. No, it's not memory. It's the video card stuff.
0: Well, this... NVIDIA is the one that's all of that's them are. That's right. NVIDIA Invidia. is Both the one of them that's having hard times. Yeah, yeah everybody's Nvidia having is... hard times, but NVIDIA has been buried.
2: But NVIDIA is owned by yeah, AMD, they'd... if I remember.
1: Nope. Their uh, nope. own company, ATI, got bought by AMD a long time ago. That's right. So AMD can't make enough. NVIDIA can't make enough, and the ones that do get out there. Well, it took them a couple of days to figure out that maybe we shouldn't let somebody buy 500 cards at one time.
0: And not only that, but now they're saying that they're going to be more expensive when they do come back online.
1: So, that's cool. I guess I'm going to wait for the next game that actually piques my interest to buy a
0: card. Yeah, but I was—I built a gaming system for Austin for Christmas, and I, I couldn't find him a 3060. I looked everywhere. And the prices, I was like, screw it.
1: I saw someone asking...
4: Uh,
0: $1,000 for a
1: 37. I'm like, you know what? That's a down payment on a motorcycle. Let's go buy a bike.
0: Yeah, and I saw $800 <laughs> for a 36. <30/60. laughs> guess what I can't get? I was get like, it. you got to be kidding me. I got pissed
1: off Your about bike. These cars. <laughs> Couldn't get one. So I'm like, you know what? F- it, this is going to be the summer of helicopters and motorcycles, not gaming computers. And guess what I can't get? The goddamn thing I wanted.
3: <laughs> so that's cool. All right, let's wrap this sucker up. I got to get to bed. Shaggy needs a good old man bedtime. Uh, so let's wrap this. Yep. You know it. He's just be knocking on your door tomorrow morning. Oh wait, you'd be gone by then. I almost did it this morning. I was driving around by, like you it still.
2: Just there. do what everyone else does. Do a drive by in his house.
1: Yeah, you know I'm all about getting shot the, at. I'll just hit, remember, there's gonna be return I'll fire. The, I'll hit the rumble <laughs> strip to wake you up,
2: dude. You know I mean, people a, can't drive this, and hit that anyway. It's this
1: is white noise to me now. The sound of my people. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't even it's hear right it. Right next now. to Some that house, people can't take that turn straight.
2: I don't know if he'd care to. Um...